Hello, kaiju lovers. This is Nathan coming to you out of character to let you know that this episode was largely recorded and written before the tragic news of the passing of Jason David Frank, who played Tommy Oliver in the Power Rangers franchise. While there were some slight revisions made to the drama segments in light of this news, it largely remains as I originally intended it before the news broke. Regardless, this episode is dedicated in loving memory to JDF, the greatest Power Ranger to ever live. Daggers up. Nate Marchand, Personal Journal. The last few days have been exhausting. To commemorate the 29th anniversary of Power Rangers, Cameron Winner and the board, in their infinite wisdom, decided to hold a thank-you-for-your-service meet-and-greet for Tommy Oliver. Yes, the most famous Power Ranger ever of all time, who's been happily retired for a few years now, is coming to Monster Island. I've barely been able to stay afloat with the media campaign for this event, especially since I'm pulling double duty as the head of tourism while Jessica is suspended. She can't come back soon enough. Apparently, Winter is having Angel Grove High's marching band come play the dragon flute tune Tommy made famous. <sighs> when you're richer than God, you don't spare expenses. Anyway... I'll be covering that with Jimmy after tomorrow's broadcast. Speaking of Power Rangers, I got voicemails this morning from two of them. Well, one confirmed Ranger and one who claims to be a former Ranger. The first one was from Carone, who said, Hello, Nate. It's been a while, hasn't it? I mentioned in my last message that the KO-35 monks sent me on a pilgrimage to visit important places in my life. A few days ago, I went to Miranoi's moon to see the wreckage of Terra Venture. I'll never forget the crazy day it crashed. It was my new home for a few months when I desperately needed one. The Galaxy Rangers took me in after I recovered the Quasar Saber that belonged to their fallen friend Kendricks. I was honored to inherit her mantle as the Pink Ranger. It was the first big step I took in putting Astronema behind me. I found the spot where the Stratoforce and Centaurus Megazords were destroyed, protecting the colony from Trachina's horde of suicide bomber Stingwingers. I landed my ship, put on a spacesuit, and wandered that debris field for hours. I prayed for the souls of the colonists who died. I thanked the Zords for their sacrifice. They weren't machines. They were noble beasts. Powerful. Mysterious. Their light was snuffed out by darkness that day. I understand that darkness all too well. Even now, I'm still searching for the light I lost. Anyway, I came to the severed head of the Stratoforce Zord. In its true form, it... He was a phoenix. Seeing his desiccated, half-burned face in the moon dust, I cried. I'd held in those tears for so long. But then a miracle happened. 
I felt energy course through the zords as I touched it. The debris suddenly rolled towards the heads as if attracted by a magnet. I watched with wide eyes as the debris reassembled into the Stratoforce Megazord. Then once the robot was reformed, I was blinded by a flash of light. When I looked again, there stood the Phoenix Galactabeast. But now he wasn't blue. He was purple. He had risen from the ashes. His huge eyes looked at me and I heard a voice in my head say, Thank you. He opened his beak to bellow, which I couldn't hear in the moon's thin atmosphere. And a bolt of light flew from its mouth. It shot towards me and formed into a new quasar saber in my hands. I hadn't held one since I gave Kendrick's transmorpher back to her after the Morphin Grid resurrected her. On the hilt was the image of the phoenix. I looked back up the Galactabeast, but before I could say I was unworthy, I heard the words, a gift for a friend. I knew then there was no arguing with him. I've joked with my brother Andros about his magic tears that saved my life when I died invading Earth as astronomer. I don't know if mine did that for the phoenix, but as I've been training with this new sword, I wonder if I've been again saved by tears. <sighs> now I just have one last thing to put behind me. Goodbye, Nate. Michael teases me all the time about crushing on Carone. And he's not wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's a certain Silver Ranger who'd be better for her than me. <sighs> and then there was the second voicemail, which was from Raymond. Salutations, Marchand. I don't know how a vocalization mailbox works, but Gary says all I have to do is bushwash into the horn for a few minutes and it'll record my message like a phonograph. I'm making this dialable because I finally heard from my sap of a nephew, Aston. Damn him. He found my Mido Ranger uniform and Aerial mailed it to me. It was dropped off at the legal action team office by one of those tiny aeroplanes your producer likes. Aston included a note saying he searched my Kenosha home diligently for six months before he found it and claims it was stashed away in some dark corner of the attic. While my nephew couldn't find his way out of a paper bag with a map and street signs, my house isn't a log cabin. My previous practice was quite prosperous. It was only when I tried to replace my previous paralegal, Eugene, with Aston, that it all went apart. Even I make mistakes sometimes, as Gary likes to tell me. Speaking of Gary, my Mido Ranger suit will go great with the wombat costume he got for Halloween. Especially that big green boomerang. Ha ha! I hope you like exotic poultry, Mr. Marchand, because you're about to eat Crazy Bernice. <sighs> Giant vultures aren't poultry, Raymond. I pay you to fact-check the other lawyers, not me. Anyway, Mr. Marchand, Mido Ranger rides again at Tommy Oliver's meet-and-greet. Abyssinia! Gary, how do you turn off the vocalization box? Raymond, Raymond, you just, you just, you just hit your button. The off button. Go wait, just, just, just give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. It's my phone anyway. Come on. Just what we need. A boomer Green Ranger crashing the Green Ranger's party. <sighs> it's never dull on Monster Island. End journal entry. 
Live from the KIJU studios in beautiful Ogasawara, this is the Monster Island Film Vault, Episode 73, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the Movie, featuring the Cellcast. Welcome to the Monster Island Film Vault, a podcast seeking entertainment and enlightenment through tokusatsu. I am your host, Monster Island's media master, Nate Marchand. Yes, Jimmy, I'm never going to get tired of that title. It's kind of fun to say. I like the alliteration. Yes, the writer in me always loves alliteration, and the Stan Lee fan in me as well. But speaking of Stan Lee, we have a pair of very animated guests with us today. They are the more phenomenal co-hosts, and I say that with purpose, of the Cellcast, a couple of my favorite MIFV Max members, Drew and Jacob. Hi, guys. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> no, it's what's up? What's up? Come, uh, come on, you're old enough what's, to remember those goofy that? commercials. <laughs> what's up? What's up? <laughs> you suck at it, Jimmy. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great to see you guys here again. <laughs> Thanks. It's great to be back. Yeah. yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah, so... Do I dare ask how you got here today? Because <laughs> well, Jimmy well, says he didn't get you. <laughs> no, Jimmy didn't get us. I think there's reasons uh, why. As y'all know, I'm sure you remember we had a AI that usually teleports us yeah, back and forth places. Deedlet, yeah. But uh, apparently, after the trouble we had last time, <laughs> we, less said about that, the better. Uh, Probably. And the troubles yeah. that Deedlet had with Jimmy. Which is yeah. why we had to get a ride back home from Jimmy because she left us on uh, the island. Yeah. Jimmy, it's a good thing we're friends with a really good lawyer because I sense a restraining order coming. And she's just decided better to be stay off the island than to come near it. Yeah. But since she needed to get us another form of transportation anyway, plus some of the other issues we've heard come from this side of, of uh, the, the planet, she got us a gift. Oh, the ninja frog sword from oh, this movie. Really? Yeah. 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 It, it even looks shiny at night when you can't tell where the light source is coming from. It's really weird. I, yeah, and that's bumpy as all out. Uh, wow. It went full tilt authentic there. Huh? Yeah. yeah. We have no idea where she got it from. Uh, I have a I kind of have an idea. Do you remember a, an episode I did with fellow MIFV Max member? Damon Noise called the, uh, not the secret serpent, the, <laughs> the magic serpent. Vaguely, it has been a while. There is a frog kaiju in it because it's based on the legend of Jiraiya. Fun right. fact, that frog zord is also inspired by that legend. Ah, cool. So well, where she found this particular version of the Zord, I have no idea. <laughs> well, yeah. if you go back and suddenly it has turned into an android Japanese man, that might be why. That should tell you everything. Maybe so. Uh, All I know is it was just a quick hop down to the Gulf of Mexico and we got here within a day. <laughs> and talk about bumpy the entire time. Be like, couldn't we got the TV version of this frog? <laughs> 
it wasn't that bad if you would have stayed near where the uh, stabilizers were, were keeping everything solid. Yeah. No, <laughs> you had to go to the back. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, I'm a you very guys, curious man. Apparently, you guys need to work out your robot frog piloting skills. <laughs> and besides, once we got to the Gulf, it was just a torpedo. You could have waited the, the two hours it took to get down to the Gulf. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds anyway, like, sounds like you had a very eventful trip. Is this how you guys always are on road trips? I mean, I've been catching up with some of your episodes. Kind I've heard about road of, trips. Maybe. <laughs> kind of. Nothing got damaged this time. That is true. Uh, and it only took us a day to get here this time. So this is good. This is good. And there's no bathroom in these things. That that's is why we were taking. That's why we kept stopping. So I could go take go to the bathroom if you catch my drift. Ah, hey. ah. Oh, no wonder I kept smelling something. I was so far away from the hatch. Oh, that makes sense. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, let's not to, go there. Admittedly, though, that. we did have. Admittedly, though, we did have to take the long way around the beta site because we kept getting strange readings. Uh, yeah, weird things happen on the beta site. You're yeah, <laughs> so we just took the long way around. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, it's a good move. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> I, the, yeah, I God only knows what dock. would have happened if your frog zord literally bumped into crazy Bernice. Just saying. Yeah, yeah hmm. that might have been part of the reason we stayed away from there. No reason to deal with something as big as a battleship. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Let me do that again. <laughs> sorry. Hit the right two buttons at the same time. Fine, I wouldn't be mildly <laughs> embarrassing. I'm sorry you brought up Bernice. I had to bring it up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, we we definitely didn't want to become frog legs, did we? Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> uh, no. No. Don't need to make Kermit the Frog sad. No, no, no. no. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying I don't think fro- a giant frog mechs mix with <laughs> with antimatter. I don't think anything mixes with antimatter. <laughs> no, I don't think no. it does. Star Trek has taught us explosions. This. <laughs> explosions make good yeah. you're good with antimatter, but that's about it. <laughs> World destroying explosions. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, yes quite. <clears throat> Man. The world's under enough I've stress a, as it is at the moment. Yeah, True. Hmm. I've got a weird habit of saying that phrase. If Jimmy keeps talking to me about it, you know, it's just and I noticed. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> we've been dancing around it a little bit, but this is a Patreon-sponsored episode, taking a little bit of a break from Godzilla Redux. You guys sponsored this because I think you described it as the perfect crossover episode for our shows. <laughs> In a sense, because yeah. there is a lot of animation in this. And there are Not giant things. A lot of things. animation I'm going to talk about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and there are giant things. Funny thing is, I talked about this on one of my other podcasts, but I put it on the schedule for you guys before the power trip was a thing. <laughs> so I'm like, right, so it looks like I'm talking I, about it twice. And then I got myself onto Retro Rewind to talk about it. So it looks like it's happening three times. <laughs> You know, there are worse movies to watch three times in one year. Yeah, there are. There are. Yeah, three times a ranger. What? <laughs> three what? times a ranger. <laughs> okay. I, I'm with I'm with Jimmy on that one. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> just just eh, no. You can't win them all. No. 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 <laughs> no. Anyway, so yes, we're talking about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. <laughs> In case you didn't know, yes. 
it's the movie. Remember when that was a thing? When you had to tack on the movie as your subtitle, mm-hmm. just in case there was any confusion? <laughs> well, I mean, you do have to separate it from the show, even though you're going to a theater to see it at a time where <laughs> mm-hmm. they weren't doing special showings of television episodes in theaters. <laughs> True, and that's not the case anymore, but I mean, Star Trek at least tried to be a little bit different. It was Star Trek, the motion picture, Mm -hmm. or as uh, my friends like to say, Star Trek, the slow motion picture. Yes, Mm -hmm. that is a very common joke, (laughs) though I will say I didn't get a chance to see that one in a theater and it plays better there than it does at home. Oh, yes. Mm. Trust me. uh, I'm well aware. I am well aware the denim theater does host fathom events which is very nice nice <laughs> nice which apparently fathom is going to do a special screening of godzilla against mechagodzilla for godzilla day so that'll be exciting nice mm. unfortunately our closest theater that does that is about half an hour away and is spotty when they actually do stuff mm. there are worse things <laughs> at least they do ghibli month true yeah, ghibli movies true. from time to time yes this is true this is true. Ghibli is good. Gotta Ghibli love is Studio awesome. Ghibli. Oh, we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, we did. As you should. To it. As you should. I yeah, mean, you guys run an animation podcast. And we do, like, every year do a Studio Ghibli month, so uh, we better like yeah. it. <laughs> All righty. Well, <laughs> before we get off on too many tangents, we should probably... Uh, uh, what's that, Jimmy? We don't normally take on-air calls. He says it's important? Of course he says it's important. Who is it? Like I told you during the third anniversary live stream, you need to work on your phone screening skills. Patch it through. Oh, I thought I'd never get through to you, Nate. Oh, no. Is this... Yep, everyone's favorite skeletal man, Rito Revolto. Or Rito Bandora, depending on who you talk to. Oh, good Godzilla. Remember when we were roommates? I'd rather not. Now, why are you calling my show? Well, I heard you had patriots or patrons or whatever who asked to talk about when the Power Rangers became the Powerless Rangers, so I figured I had to be on because I wrecked their Zords, one of my greatest achievements ever, and gave my big sister and my brother-in-law Ed a flock of Tangas as a wedding present so they could kill the Rangers. Figured you'd want a first-hand account from the guy who made it happen. Rito, you snarky bonehead! No, that's my band. We're playing a show later today on the island. Whatever! That's MMPR's proper season three premiere, Ninja Quest. We're talking about MMPR the movie. Oh, well, I wasn't in that. Exactly. Would have been better if I was. Sure. Dulcia is definitely a better mentor than that big purple robot ninja guy. I discovered a bone I didn't know I had thanks to her. That's enough from him. Sorry about that, guys. I know where he's due. It happens all the time. I understand. Yeah. 
like I said, I'm guessing his band is here because we're doing this big meet and greet with Tommy Oliver as kind of a mm-hmm. thank you for your service sort of a thing. Cameron Winter figured, hey, the anniversary for Power Rangers is coming up. Let's throw a big event like this. It'll get a lot of people to come to the island because, as we all know, Cameron Winter loves money. Yeah, true. This I can see. Yeah, he's always. I'm surprised he was able to get through to that organization, but still. Yeah. Yeah, okay, well, Cameron Winter has his ways, or he can just, I don't know, throw enough money at somebody and stuff will happen. Cause, gotcha. Hmm, gotcha. That's how it, it rolls around here. Mm-hmm. Ah. So, we're talking about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. So, yeah. Yes. So, one of you fellas can give us a quick little plot synopsis. I will cue some epic rock music for you, and we'll go from there. Let everybody know what is going on in this movie. All right. Power up with six incredible teens who outmaneuver and defeat evil everywhere as the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. But this time, the Power Rangers have met their match when they face off with the most sinister monster the galaxy has ever seen, Ivan Ooze. Unleashed upon the good citizens of Angel Grove after 6,000 years of imprisonment, Ivan Ooze strips the Power Rangers of their power. Now they must journey to a distant planet to learn the secrets of the ancient Ninjetti. Only then will they become empowered with strength enough to restore their morphin ability and defeat the evil Ivan Ooze. Join the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and their new Ninja Megazord as they fight to save Angel Grove and the world from evil. Bravo. Very nice. Hot dang. That sounds familiar. Did Jimmy give you the Blu-ray hiding in the film vault? Maybe. Okay. Just making sure. Deal it may not like that. Just just making sure no one can accuse us of plagiarism around here. Well, I did try to look for some others on the internet, and I weep for the future of humanity and their writing skills. Yeah, you have a point. Maybe I should have written it. I normally do. <laughs> I mean, on the power trip, that's what I do. I should have just whipped out the power trip plot synopsis. You know, and had you read that, but you know, I wanted <laughs> yeah, you guys to is. have. Uh, I wanted you guys to have some fun with this, but or you could. You know what else you could have did? You could have read the very Star Wars esque scroll up text that we got. In <laughs> that is true. Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this, the let the parents know what's going on. Otherwise, yes. they're going to be completely lost. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what that was. I, I'm like, this is here just for the parents. Uh huh. Because <laughs> you can't tell me every ten year old in that audience had not grown up, not watched the last two seasons. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, although the argument could also potentially be made, I mean. It's funny that you say that because this movie is definitely set up assuming that its audience is already invested in these characters. Right. Because it just, they're just there. They're already pre-established. Yeah, this is definitely not an origin story movie. Right, but it's also, it's in its own little universe. That's the weird thing. Mm Yeah. 
That's the weird thing. So if you want, so if you saw this in the summer and then started watching the show again a few months later in the fall, you're going to be like, hold on, didn't they they do that? As Rito pointed out to us, you know, big purple, mm-hmm. robe, a big purple ninja robot man. So mm-hmm. yes, well, that's the crazy thing is I saw Ninja Quest long before I ever got a chance to see this movie because I didn't get to see this in theaters. Oh, you mm. didn't? Nah. Nope. Funny thing, it, open, it opened the day wait. after my birthday. I had to wait until it was available at my local movie rental store, which was not Blockbuster. Mm. <laughs> well, because I don't think my parents wanted to sit through this. I, <laughs> I, I'm fair. sitting here wondering if I should say something like, do you blame them? Uh, if, <laughs> I really don't. I, I mean, well, and the thing is, is a lot of people, according to, uh, admittedly, this is coming from Screen Rant, so say, make what you want of it, because Screen Rant yeah. is one of the most awful things it, on the internet, but they actually do bring up a couple of important points, which is, I mean, the movie wa- was technically successful, but it was also facing a lot of stiff competition from Disney's Pocahontas and Batman Forever. True. <laughs> which yeah. Were, which released the same month. So not to mention, I think I saw that Judge Dredd and Apollo 13 came out the same weekend. Yeah. Yep. So there was Tough a competition. Lot. Yeah. So it was a very packed summer <laughs> for blockbusters. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Although yeah, kids are not going to be going to see Judge Dredd, obviously. But. <laughs> Not a pencil I don't kid. know. I right. can see some people I went to school with going to see <laughs> Judge Dredd. Typically, they're not. <laughs> but yeah, but that's of course, a I lot of the but... kid who'd have gone to see Apollo 13 because I like space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, you went to go see Apollo 13 that weekend. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it doesn't nope, surprise not at all. me. Yeah, not at all. It's probably. I think it's he one prob- of his favorite movies too. Jimmy probably had some colorful commentary on that movie, too. And we're not putting up with that language on the show today. Jet's not here right now. And if you're going to keep talking like that, Jimmy, you better give him a call. I'm just saying. I don't have to worry about Jet with these two. As far as you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You never know. Tarnish your oh, squeaky you never know. tarnish your squeaky clean reputations. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, obviously someone hasn't heard my last episode. No. Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> oh, sh- I didn't say anything that was bad, but uh, I wasn't far from it. Hot dang. The anyway. rage was palpable. Apparently, I do need to do a wee bit of catch up. But anyway, although no, 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 now that I stop, uh, the episode still needs to be edited as oh. of this recording. So don't no. feel too bad. And never, cover it. Oh, never mind then. Although it is, now that I think about it, it is kind of nutty to think that this is the mid 90s and there are three superhero movies opening within a month of each other. True. They were trying to open up the superhero movie market, which uh-huh. hadn't opened up really yet. And didn't really until X Men. So X Men, yeah, would have been the mm-hmm. first one where it really started getting good. Yeah. Well, no, there were good ones before that, but it wasn't the, you know, the, pardon the Stand pardon power. the pun mm-hmm. juggernaut that that uh, that it is now. <laughs> now he didn't come out to the two thousands. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, so lots of competition. But yeah, you're saying that your parents wouldn't have wanted to sit through this. Why do you say that, Drew? Let me put it this way. I was not allowed to watch 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What? I don't know why I was allowed to watch this, but I can guarantee you it was because neither of my parents were in the room when it was on. Oddly enough, it was a reverse for me. We were allowed to watch Ninja Turtles and like Die Hard and all this. We weren't allowed to watch Power Rangers. That's a weird world. Agreed. It was. It is. That is very strange. Plus, the other thing is, is the closest movie theater to us at that time was like half an hour away. It wasn't convenient to go see a movie. Mm -hmm. So many times we were always had to wait until it came out on video unless it was a special thing. Mm. You know, like birthdays when first contact happens to be coming out. Ah, yes. I remember that. But... it's funny because yeah, Power Rangers at this point had kind of become the the favorite. That, this and Mortal Kombat <laughs> had become the favorite mm. whipping boys for parents groups, I guess. They're, right, you know, right. I just feel like it's a little bit of a sad commentary on the fact that parents are, are apparently not watching things with their kids to make sure that they're okay with them watching it. But mm-hmm. as soon as other adults... In the media, say don't let your kids watch this. Suddenly, they're saying no, you can't watch this. Yeah, that's yeah, true. which is really kind of odd because Power Rangers is pretty awesome. calm. <laughs> yeah, true. It's not really that violent compared no. to some other things that I think I was allowed to watch. I uh, yeah, I'm just saying. I mean. I, I, except, except I do know my dad said he always tried to tell me every week, you know, that's not real fighting. That's all choreographed like dance moves. And it's like, shut up. I didn't say shut up because I didn't want to get my butts, my bottom slapped, but <laughs> <laughs> I thought shut up. Yeah. Yeah. But that's where it needed to stay. But this was, despite the fact that it did underperform, uh, uh, well, it was successful, but kind of underperformed at the box office with all that competition. Mm-hmm. This was an mm-hmm. event when it came out. Good grief. This was an event. Oh, yes. yeah. It was getting hyped like crazy. And uh, there was like, what? Like there was stuff with McDonald's. Like they had uh-huh. Happy mm-hmm. Meals. It was just, it was just this whole blitz. Toy lines, this, everything. The yeah, whole it was kit the, and caboodle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was this blitz because this was the height of Power Ranger Mania at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was at a point where, if the Power Ranger cast went and you know did a you know did a live event, I can't remember where it was, but it was it was in California. They had to shut down the freeway. There was so much traffic with people coming to Universal see Studios. Universal Studios, yeah. I mean, it was it was absolutely. I think so. Insane, and then mm-hmm. when you actually watch the movie. This, honestly, guys, is one of the most 90s things I think you can ever watch. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yes. Which is why I love it. <laughs> I know. It is. It really is a time capsule. The soundtrack, the special mm-hmm. effects, the style yes. of the movie, which is so funny. I saw, like, the, what is it? Jason Narvey played Skull, one of the, yes. the bullies mm-hmm. the, from the show, who's kind of friends with the Power Rangers in this, because, you know, different universes. The show's Abbott and Costello, yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, Abbott and Costello, yeah. Yeah, they're comedy duo. And mm-hmm. he actually said that there was talk about what kind of a tone they wanted to do with this movie. They were, because they were like, do we want to make it more like Batman, Batman 89? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you had to have grown up in the 90s to understand how influential Batman 89 was. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, it it went deep for a really long time. And mm, I'm Batman. Yeah, I'm Batman. Yeah. And <laughs> so they were like, do we make it more like Batman? Or as Jason Narvey put it, do we keep it 
Mighty Mouse meets Superman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they went in that direction. However, I do think there are some stylistic choices in this movie in, ter- in terms of its visuals that I do think yes. harken back to Batman 89. Yes, I agree of course. with you there. Yeah. So things like... Uh, like yeah, There was a lot more darker shots on this than yeah. would right. ever have shown up on the show. Right. So, But I'm thinking in particular stuff like the Moon Crew's castle. Or yes. the mm-hmm. or Ivan Ooze's factory. The, Ivan Ooze's factory yeah. in particular really reminds me of Batman '89. I was just waiting Agreed. for Michael Keaton to sock Jack Nicholson in mm-hmm. the mouth and fall into Ivan's ooze and something yeah. would happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the wizard clown form Ivan Ooze takes when he's yes. like carnival giving it away. Yes, it's very Jack Nicholson Joker. It's very Jack Nicholson. Jo- I was getting yes. flashbacks to the Jack Nicholson Joker when he was doing the the commercials. Yeah. <laughs> Those satirical, very like almost like RoboCop-esque commercials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even though they didn't go all the way with it, it's still very much influenced by that the funny thing is did you guys know that brian spicer the director on this he was actually mm-hmm. a replacement yeah yeah oh um, guys i'm talking to you guys like you don't know anything i'm sorry <laughs> oh sorry oh well never mind <laughs> no we didn't know no, that. no, no i'm kidding not. guys i'm kidding guys i shouldn't <laughs> assume that you don't know that you don't know anything about this <laughs> Oh, Chew I, me I out after the show, Jimmy. All right. I didn't. I didn't look at IMDb before we came no. on, the, on the trip over. No, no. I, I didn't watch special features at all. Oh, yeah, but uh, but no. Steve Wang. You guys know Steve Wang? Mm-hmm. Heard I feel of him? I should actually, but I can't place it. He's best known for directing the Giver movies. MacGyver. No, movies. the Giver. Oh, the Giver. Okay, sorry. Oh, the Giver. Giver. Yeah, the, okay. Sorry, oh, sorry. The Japanese, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Japanese I, I superhero. I Giver for some reason. Yeah, the life. Yeah, the, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that would have been an interesting choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of wish that we could have seen what he would have done with this movie. I mean, he was fresh off of Giver 2 mm-hmm. with this. And if you watch, especially Giver 2, it's basically R-rated Power Rangers. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is he did actually get to direct... Power Rangers later, he did direct one episode of Lost Galaxy. Huh. And it's the weirdest well, episode. And it's the weirdest episode of Power Rangers ever. <laughs> That's saying something. Yeah. It, it has almost no Sentai footage or Power Ranger action in it. It's basically a 20-minute version of Aliens. That's Ooh. still odd. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Oh, it's it's a great episode, but it's just aliens with power. I have to look through my DVD for that. Yeah, yeah, it's called the Rescue Mission. Look it up. That's so he did get to direct it later. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) I'm not. I don't remember exactly why he got replaced, but you know they threw in Brian Spicer, who had never directed a movie before, and he told Mm -hmm. that to the cast, and he's like, "Oh, it's our first movie too." I feel like they just kind of sprang it on because that's how Saban did things. <laughs> mm, yeah. He just kind of, I kind of feel gets, they must have sprang it on the cast too. Yeah. At one point. Yeah. I mean, like, Oh, by the way, we're going to Australia to film stuff. You're coming with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just, we just hired you on as new cast members to TV show. By the way, you're going to Australia making a movie. It's yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. That'll be fun. Right. And then they're like, yeah. no, it's not because when you're not filming the movie, you got to go film TV. Film other episodes of the, of the yes. show. 
Well, <laughs> one of them, because the Rangers almost were, were only barely in the wedding. <laughs> that three-parter. Yeah. Mm. The return of the Green Ranger. Okay, yeah, that was that took some more work. <laughs> Although they did use those rat suits that they made for the movie. Yes, they, they which, did. Which I laughed at when I found out that those were supposed to be in the movie. I thought, those things? Those things that look like they rented from a local costume shop that was going out of business <laughs> or they stole what you wanted to put in the movie or they stole from the princess bride because they look eerily similar to the rouse <laughs> oh those don't exist <laughs> this would be the part oh. where one of them would subtly burst out of the door and eat drew's face or something i don't <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and it, apparently it took the stunt coordinator to say, like, you know what? These suits aren't going to work. <laughs> I'm glad somebody on, on that design team understood good design. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these things we'll talk about later, I kind of yeah. wonder. Oh, like what? Well, we just, just mm. get it. Since we're talking about design, let's just get it out of the way now. <laughs> How about the strange textures they decided to use on the 3D models for the Megazords? Oh, okay. Cryptomorphogons. Okay. All right. You say that. You, you, yes. Okay. You brought it up. We need to talk. Okay. It's kind of the elephant zord in the room. <laughs> no, he was two seasons ago. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but. One of the things that it, this, there, like I said, this is this movie's incredibly '90s, but probably the oh, yeah. most '90s part of it that has not aged well is the mm-hmm. CGI. Mm-hmm. And honestly, yes. I'm not even sure this CGI was good for 1995. Okay, first off, let's be more specific because we're actually talking about the 3D animated parts because CGI also would be a lot of the morphing sequences like we see out in the uh, with the statues out there in front of the temple mm-hmm. and things of that nature. That's more of like 2D Photoshop effects. Yeah. <laughs> which those looked fine for the most part. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Zords and the Ectomorphicons, or however you say those. That's names how the, that's of, how you say them. Of Ooze's Zords. <laughs> Let's say so those are just Ivan Ooze's Zords. Those could have been better. <laughs> to say the least. This is 1995. Yeah. We're two yeah. years out from Jurassic Park, which completely revolutionized CGI. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then two years later, we get this and, well, Mortal Kombat. Uh, the <laughs> the difference Kombat? is that this and yes. Mortal Kombat's animation is the people who decided to do that thought computers were magic. And they could just wave a magic wand and oh, everything gosh. would be perfect. Yes. No one bothered to look at the fact that they spent a lot of time rendering those scenes in Jurassic Park mm. that actually had uh, di- CG dinosaurs in them. Yeah, I think. Think they forgot a to lot put of I, time. I think they forgot to add the textures. Just a little I bit. I don't know if it was the textures or if they didn't do the final render, because this looks a lot like what we're seeing are work prints. Yeah. For the most part. They look like animatics. It, it does look Very like animatics. Much so. Now the animation itself looks good for the, how it was actually moving and all that. And I really liked a lot of the scenes where it zoomed in and we actually had composites of the cockpits on top of the models. Those looked good, I thought, but good night. The textures on these things. Oh, yeah. And it it really stands out because the robots at the end, that's the only part where they use all that much CGI. Everything else is either practical or done with Mm -hmm. green screen and matte paintings. Yeah. Yeah, Like like Uh, the... uh, Until... until 
until the Zord fight, all the CG stuff was more like making it look better or ooze effects, which is yeah. another matter. Oh, yeah, like that's okay. Yeah, the, the, yeah. So, somebody honestly, at Saban I, just I, saw Terminator 2 and they're like, we could yeah. do that and make it purple. You guys. <laughs> And, yeah. But admittedly, I've been trying to rack my brain since I watched this film, and I have no idea how you could have done a lot of that practically off the top of my head. No, so, Ivan Ooze would have been impossible to do. Uh, yeah. Outside of making effects. it look like, outside of making it look like the first couple episodes of Common Rider. Hmm. <laughs> yeah the the only the only thing I can think of is they say over and over and again the festival features would be like they had to cut back budget, cut back budget the yeah. entire time because they were reshooting things over mm-hmm. and over again. So you have this in fight scene looks like it was like, okay, we only have this little bit of a budget. Let's throw it in there. Let's not render it. Let's just <laughs> do what we got and be well, done I mean, with it. Technically it was rendered. It was just a work print render, which was exactly low poly. There was like yeah. virtually no models. It was just enough of a of a three D model that they could move the thing around. Yeah. to get the animation done right. What you're, my understanding is, especially at this time, which they would do to actually get the real prints that they would use in the film, is they would then do a high quality render, which could take up to thirty hours per frame. Mm-hmm. Which at least that's how long it took Toy Story to do it. Yeah, but. It doesn't look like they did that part. Yeah, I don't think they had the time or the money to do it. And no, it yeah, doesn't look at all. It, well, it, I, I kind of did a rough estimate on the math, and I think what I came up to is if they had run the computers for twelve hours, or for twelve days, you could have gotten it all done for if you did for twenty four hours a day. Hmm. But that's just the final rendering, and that's a lot of time for something to screw up because right. you know how computers are. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm especially in 1995. Yes. 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 Yeah. That was uh, what they, they had. They barely had windows 95 at that point. So, <laughs> well, I think they would have probably been on like mainframes for the actual render, but right. still, mm-hmm. right. So still a lot of processing power. Yeah. And it, what is it? They, what it, it's what, what do they call it? It's score patron and score patron and hornator hornator. That's a name. Yeah, uh, no, Jimmy, we don't need jet for that one. Jeez. Yeah. Michael's not here. Yeah. Michael's not here. Yeah. Yeah. Although on there we have the dragon flute because yeah. so, <laughs> branding <laughs> anyway. So I'm sorry. I did just re-listen to that episode yeah, I, before we, on our way out here. Oh yeah. So. Well, on, in the frog, <laughs> which I heard is his ver- pronunciation of it. It's like, great. Now that's going to be stuck in my head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that is very true. But those two things, they're arguably the best looking things is CGI things in the whole movie. I think they were right. I think they put at least a little bit of effort in that. The individual. If if you look at it, there's actually a lot of, they're actually doing something incredibly ambitious for the time. Yeah. Because almost no one was using 3d animation in quite that in your face. Mm -hmm. Almost everyone else was using it as kind of like just making this, uh, adding motion to actual model work or stuff like mm-hmm, that. The, mm-hmm. I mean, Jurassic Park did it, but they spent a lot more time on it. This is almost like the last 20 minutes are almost an, an another animated film that happened to have live action. I know. Backgrounds. I know. That's true. And then the individual Zords, like, you know, the frog that you guys came in today, mm-hmm. those yeah. look okay, but they also look kind of murky because you see them at night and they look very yeah. shiny. Yeah. 
They are very, they are very, very shiny. shiny. I don't know where Believe the shiny. Where is that gloss coming from? It must be a full I moon. I would love to know that because I swear we were lighting up the ocean on the way here <laughs> during the part that was when when the sun was down. Yeah, yeah. I still would, don't know how that works. I gotta yeah. talk to Deedlet on that one. Yeah, for sure. Where she where she found this the, thing? The, yeah, the looks we got from the Coast Guard was just weird. Oh, the Japanese yes. Coast Guard. Oh yeah, yeah. You oh, would no, think no, no, the one the ones at Panama because we had oh. to pop over the yeah, Panama that's right. Canal. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. like literally it was one big hop, but there were searchlights following us. So. Oh, well, yeah, that's not fun. Even though those were getting blinded while people were trying to take pictures yeah. of it. Oh, so of yeah, course you they never would. got a picture of anything. Yeah. 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 A but, giant frog hopping over the canal. For sure. But uh, the one that kills it is when they make the freaking Megazord. And that Megazord oh, is an unholy mess. I don't know what mm. anything is on that thing well the crane zord is on top and they for some reason they remodeled the bottom of it to instead be a face to be the cockpit because saban likes making sure you know where the rangers are sitting on these things it's it is one of the ugliest. i don't know why they're obsessed with this i i don't know either but because it is one of the ugliest most confusing looking cgi yes. models i have ever seen and mm. then we get another equally ugly though slightly less confusing uh. one when ivan ooze in his infinite wisdom pulls oh gosh uh, pulls a superpower out of nowhere and just merges with scorpatron there's a lot about that I have God. questions about, like it, physics. It, it, tell I us. I get that he's made a ooze and he can fill that thing. Yeah. And then use that to take control of the robot. I follow that part of the logic. How does he reform all the metal? Yeah. To form that, his quote unquote armor, including just his long chin. <laughs> his jail is covered chin. in armor. It's like, how are you? It doesn't work that way. <laughs> physics do not work that way. <sighs> Even Power Rangers physics do not work this way. Uh, it's just, yeah. And so then we get, and then we get a big fight between two ugly CGI yes. robot yeah. things, and I'm just like, just I can't. Nah, just that. I don't quite check out because it's still done better than say like an asylum movie, but that is the part that has aged the worst out of this. Yes. I would pay real money to watch some fan edit of this, where they went back in and redid all the CG with modern models mm -hmm. and see if it looks better. I would pay money to see this. Yeah. And just, of course, and I'd also, I'd also pay money to go back in time and tell Saban hold off for about three months and actually get suit work done in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause that would have looked better all the way around as much as I can defend how much work probably went into doing the CG and how little time they had to work on it. Because I think 90% of the problems with this is they, it was a rush job yeah. mm -hmm. with this animation. Even if it wasn't a rush job at this time, they should have gone with, with, uh, having an actual suit. Well, which is what, for this. which is what they did in the show. And then, yeah, mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the, one of the only things I will say, one of the only nice things I should say that I will ever say about the Turbo movie is that they just went practical with everything and laid yeah. off the CGI. <laughs> yes. And I, if I remember correctly, the Car Ranger footage did have more of a transformation scene to work with than the Kaku Ranger footage did for this movie. So right. I can kind of see why mm -hmm. they went to a lot more trouble. Right. Maybe with the 
the transformation scene itself, which outside of the one spring that came out of the flip nowhere, I thought the actual transformation sequence was well animated. Yeah. yeah. For those who don't know, Power Rangers has traditionally been made by taking fight footage from Japanese superhero shows called Super Sentai, which is a big Mm -hmm. franchise in Japan. Mm Mm-hmm. One of several. <laughs> and then they film new footage with new actors and characters and edit around it. Right. Mm-hmm. This is actually the first time where there was something Power Rangers that was entirely American footage. There's no yes. Japanese mm-hmm. footage whatsoever in this. I would have Which loved just... to have been a fly on the wall in a Japanese theater if this thing played you imagine how confused the japanese audience would have been as like wait there's not completely confused (laughs) because there what is a japanese dub of power rangers yes i don't mean sentai there is a japanese yeah and they use this and they use the sentai actors (laughs) yes so some people would know wouldn't recognize how crazy what they're what they're looking yeah, at is yeah, where but, it's coming from. But just to just to put this into perspective for the uninitiated, we have of our six heroes, our team of six heroes, five of them have costumes based on Zhu Ranger. One Which of them dinosaur has themed. yeah yeah one of them has a suit based on Die Rangers, which was the season after Zhu Ranger. But all mm-hmm. of the robots and it, and it was a Chinese mysticism. Yes, theme. but all the robots in this are based on Kaku Ranger, which was the Sentai season after Die Ranger. So which was ninja <laughs> themed, and it's not even their main their original Megazord because. The original Megazord Cocker Ranger uses the Alien Ranger Zords. I know. So this is so confusing. So yes. just think of it like how confused they must have been because it's just like it's like you just took three Sentais and threw it into a blender and then tossed mm. in a bunch of American <laughs> special effects. By the which, by the way, suck. But <laughs> <laughs> except for the practical stuff, the pra- like I said, you watch the, the practical, practical stuff. stuff was actually very the practical stuff is this. great. I love the green screen yeah. and matte paintings. I'm a sucker for matte paintings. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the the Phaedos, when they go to the, the planet Phaedos and we get the mm-hmm. scene where they're looking out in the horizon, that looks gorgeous. Yeah. Or when they get attacked by the dinosaur skeleton, which was probably named Rito oh, yeah, as was far amazing. as I know. That, but <laughs> I think that's that was puppetry, but that that was was puppet. it was a puppet. That was practical. It was it was almost marionette in the way that it looked like it was it was moving. Yeah. Right. Right. And then it's when they done had the, so well. And then they had the four gatekeepers and yeah. When they mm. when they appeared, they did some CGI morph effects, but then they were yeah practical. I I call it a Photoshop like effect more than anything else. But right, right. But yeah. it, like, but all of that stuff, all that stuff works. Uh, but wh- mm-hmm. while we're on the subject, what did you guys think of the Power Ranger costumes in this? I actually like the redesign of these Ranger costumes. I, in some ways, they don't make any sense, but they're still fun. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you're going to redesign, granted. America hates spandex for some unknown reason. <laughs> so I understand going back in and actually making it bulkier. It's the same reason why uh, yeah, X-Men would redesign their entire suits when they did that movie. Yeah. And honestly, this is a much better faithful adaptation if you're going to redo it than I think even X-Men later did. So, yeah, I agree. Granted, the one that looks strangest is Tommy because they tried to mix his back to he's got the big shield for one thing that the others don't but then they tried to add in geo ranger elements by changing out his belt to be a morpher 
which is uh, looks odd. Yeah. One thing that I do like in this that I kind of wish that Power Rangers would do more often on television is I liked that the power coins were on their chests and served basically as like American superhero emblems. I thought that was cool. Yeah. That was I, nice. I, I get that, but I'm also of. I'm, there's still a part of me that's going to look at that, having seen the original designs for so long. That goes, that looks weird. <laughs> I, I'm not. I, I get why, but it looks weird, especially as complicated as both the dinosaur and the Ninjetti's the Ninjetti uh, designs are. As complicated as those are from a design perspective, right? Now it's funny because they They're did talk. They did talk about these suits compared to what was on television. And it seems mm-hmm. like it's the classic conundrum of if you make them more practical, like say using spandex, they quote unquote don't look as good. But if you make mm-hmm. them look good, they're less practical to use on set, which was the problem that they yeah. ran into Fair. here because mm-hmm. the actors, I've heard estimates for between 20 and 40 pounds for these suits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. that yeah, because they're made of PVC, mm-hmm. and they're designed to look very thick and armor-like, and yeah. so they look very, they look very tough. But and they had to redesign them a few times as well. Right. Yeah. Which well, I'll get yeah. into that in a moment here. But I heard that you know both the main cast and the stunt actors would have to spend hours in these things, which was something they were not used to. the The main cast yeah. was used to cranking through filming episodes at a you know, breakneck pace you get you know two mm-hmm. or three takes at the most and in this one they're mm-hmm. it's slowed down and they're they're getting through like one page of a script a day and taking 30 mm-hmm. takes yeah. on everything and you know so they weren't used to that so they had to stand around for hours with these big costumes and apparently amy joe johnson and karen ashley had back problems because they were wearing these heavy costumes all day and, I can imagine. Yeah, and one of the stunt actors apparently developed a bit of heat stroke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> almost passed out. So yeah. they were not pleasant to be in, which just... I it, imagine those things do not breathe at all. No. no, they probably don't. They said they were hot, which is... But again, because they said, which, like, when we were wearing which, the spandex suits on the show, it's like we could move around in them fine. You know, it wasn't an issue. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine what it must have been like back in their trailers as they were getting that stuff off how bad they must have smelled oh jeez who gosh stank come off of those costumes i'm sure a lot of cosplayers Oof. have dealt with that <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, i've done that, some cosplay myself so i know <laughs> that reminds me of like nightmare in elm street the fact to be like the guy who played freddy krueger i think it was like towards the end of the shoot be like it's like you got to take time because we got to take all these prosthetics out at one point he's just ripping it off i'm not surprised to give this trailer and just get this stuff off of me i you can know, imagine it's funny that you bring that up because i think mr freeman who plays ivan ooze i <laughs> for a oh. hot minute i thought he was freddy krueger i thought he was the oh yeah guy. easy he does have that look to him yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Can you see? I mean, I, I'm trying to look. I'm trying to look the. He does. I'm trying to look the Freddy Krueger actor up right now. I suddenly forgot mm-hmm. his name. I should turn in my, <laughs> turn in my nerd card. Oh. Well, I don't watch uh, Robert Wars, so England. I know his name. Robert yes, England. Robert England. Yeah. Love he him looked, as an actor. Can you imagine Robert England playing Ivan that, Ooze? That w- oh, that would that would have been even creepier. <laughs> Would have been kind of a that would have been amazing, but creepy is like all out. But considering some of the clips I've seen of 
some of Freddie's humor. <laughs> that would have made his, all of Ivan Ooze's lines even greater. Yes. Well, <laughs> probably. I mean, because uh, yeah, Paul Freeman. And I, if you yes. look up, uh, Paul Freeman is a very accomplished British actor. And yes, yes. <laughs> but he loves playing villains. Like you look him up, like you look mm-hmm. up his filmography. He was Bellic in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and oh, what else is? I looked him up, but he loves playing villains. So it's kind of funny. Ivan Ooze, say what you want about this character, but Mr. Freeman as Ivan Ooze. Oh my I feel gosh. like he, he elevates this movie. It's on stage. It, is it on, on set? Yeah. Is it just me, or is there, or was there just a rash of honestly either terrible to mediocre movies that came out around this time that get elevated by the amazing performances by the actors who play the villains? Because you had oh, this, you, the act- you had you Mortal Kombat, Street mm-hmm. Fighter characters who tend to eat the set in whole chunks and chew everything up. For, forget chewing; they're just swallowing the, uh-huh. the, the scenery. <laughs> it's, it's just gobble, 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 gobble. Yeah, like Pac Man when he's got that blue pellet for, for the sure. big pellet. It's oh just, my gosh! It's just I, I it's, he. I've heard some people joke that this should be retitled. The Ivan Ooze movie guest starring the Power Rangers. <laughs> yes, yes. It's his because it's his, his movie. Like all the he's best the lines come from looks him. Like he's, ha- he's the only one who looks like he's having any fun. Oh, he's having time. he's having a bunch of fun. Such and he did a blast. He, and he ad libbed a few lines. A lot of his stuff apparently yeah. is scripted, but he he ad libbed a bunch of lines. Like apparently he ad libbed mm-hmm. the uh, the Brady Bunch reunion and that whole. Oh, exchange. I love that. Yes, line. that was like, funny. I have missed so much. <laughs> the Black Plague, the, Black Plague. <laughs> the Spanish, Spanish Inquisition, Inquisition, the Brady, the Brady Bunch, Bunch reunion. reunion. <laughs> <laughs> he ad libbed the Brady Bunch reunion. That was so good. <laughs> Which is a great line. I'm still sitting there going, "How exactly? How does he know about any know of that? Any of How does he know about any of that? Because he's supposed was... to have been in suspended animation for six thousand years. How does he know about any of this? Did he have cable plugged into that egg? What's going <laughs> yeah, exactly. on? Exactly. <laughs> well, he missed it. So, <laughs> did he pull a Superman and just get it absorbed to his brain? <laughs> this was before the internet, so you can't use that excuse. <laughs> virtually before the internet yeah right? uh, very early internet at this point mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah very but, early internet. but uh, but paul freeman what a trooper at this he it says oh, it, gosh, it says yes. it took him an average of four and a half hours to get into all of that makeup and that mm-hmm. costume when it started yeah. it was more like yeah. seven <laughs> and he actually said there were points where he would he would be spending so much time getting into that thing that he would just fall asleep or he would drink a Guinness mm-hmm. through a straw <laughs> over his because he had the fake teeth and he couldn't quite uh, get it through the yeah. teeth, so he had to <laughs> so he had to use a straw. And he would eat since he had the fake teeth. He had to, it was difficult to eat anything, so he would said he would eat mm-hmm. smoked oysters. He just slip them right over the teeth and down mm-hmm. his throat. <laughs> if you can do that sort of thing, more power to you. Uh huh. Yep. But eventually, and this was another thing that did not help the production. They had to delay it because mm-hmm. he uh, he developed an allergy to the glue that they were using mm-hmm. for the prosthetics. Yeah. So he mm-hmm. had to take time off to recover. The funniest story that he told is he said that he sprained his ankle one day on set because he had to wear high heel boots to look taller than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. <laughs> they had to rush him to the hospital. So they... <laughs> 
So he had to go in wearing the prosthetic mask. <laughs> Can you imagine being the doctor coming? It's like, oh, what dear. on earth happened here? I think he said that when he went in there, first off, there were people who were seeing him getting carted in. They're like, what the heck? They were looking at weird. But when he got in there, the doctors were like, what happened to you? <laughs> it's like, it's a sprained ankle. I was on a movie set. I'm playing, a, I'm playing purple ooze as a space alien. <laughs> I just like all the best lines come from yes. Ivan Ooze. I it's just, oh, yes. Yes. It's just yes. like I said, just like Whoa, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. Book? Huh? <laughs> where's my autograph book? Autograph yes. Book. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and when the, the t- I, I, I never get it right if it's Tengu or Tenga. Or, or oh, no, it's Tengu say, in the movie, was- Tenga in the show. Either oh. way, the, the stupid birds stop <laughs> birds. When the stupid birds, uh, yeah, after they've reported that they failed in their mission, and he says, you want to take another crack at it? And he says, how about you take another quack at it? Bam! <laughs> and they just erupt in a shower of blackbird feathers. That's <laughs> like, stupid. Ivan, can you make a stop by the actual show and do the same thing so we don't have to deal with these things anymore? <laughs> Instead, you have to put up with the snarky bonehead. Well, that's as good in its own way. <laughs> True. Right. It's just that it's just a different flavor. Yes. Uh, it's, it's sure, sure. But although, well, uh, let's uh, until let's, much uh, later when they forget how to write both him and Goldar and turn them into the oh boy monster version of Bulk and Skull. Oh, good lord! <laughs> I have opinions. I listen to the I power still haven't trip figured out which them. one's Bulk and which one's Skull. But anyway. yeah, I'm still trying to figure that one out. Oh wait, I, I'm stupid. Of course, Rito is Skull. Sure. <laughs> oh, anyway. oh, oh! I get it now. <laughs> It took me a second. It took, yeah, it took me a second, but I get it. I'll, I'll take that bad pun. I'll take that because I oh. deserved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but what did you guys think? So we're talking about how like Ivanus just eats all the scenery in this. Paul Freeman oh, yeah. Just, yeah. just giving a powerhouse performance here. We do have the villains from the show in this. Most of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they get some movie upgrades for their stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it, we get a Lord Zed who looks. I don't know if I like this design for Lord Zed. I don't. Yeah, it's. I, it's. I, go ahead. Go ahead. I like it to an extent, more like for an artistic design because they changed the helm a little bit, but it's bulkier. It's a bulkier yeah. design. Honestly, while I agree they did need to redo the staff because by the end of the second season, that thing was looking rough. The rest of the design, I have no idea why they couldn't just use the suit they were using on the show other right. than making his brain more mm. animated. I did right. notice they made his brain more animated mm. in this one. Right. I mean, uh, for the most part, Rita's uh, costume looks almost exactly the same. Except so. it's a yeah. different actress. It is a it different. Is actress, it's a different. A, it's a different on set actress. Just, it's Julia Cortez, so, but it's still yeah. Barbara Goodson as the voice, right? And they but still have probably just so whoever was the actress in in season two, that just so they didn't have to ship her over to Australia. I'm guessing maybe for her one scene that took place on Earth, right? I don't know. I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those well, two characters are barely in the movie anyway. Yeah, so. but they still have Robert Axelrod voicing Lords. They still have Kerrigan Mahan as Goldar. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, Goldar. I don't like this Goldar. <laughs> He's too smooth. Too he smooth looks like an moves. action figure. 
He yes. does. They, uh, both he and Zed look like an action figure. In fact, I rewatched the wedding. Pray for me. Uh, <laughs> but the that broke you know, the, the me character. when I watched it. Yeah, <laughs> I know, and I understand why. I re- that's one of those things I remembered from when I was a kid, seeing that sign behind Serpentera. But I went back and looked at the wedding cake because I remembered they used like an unreleased Lord Zed action figure to have and Rita for like the top, the cake toppers for that, for the, for the reception. (laughs) And it is the same design on that unreleased Lord Zed as they use in the movie. It looks like it's the same design. Huh? I'm still wondering why the original design was excellent enough. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, but then, but then and then Goldar looks worse. Yeah, oh, gosh, Goldar, Goldar. Like, he looks like such a toy, and he's kind of he's uh-huh. a doofus in this. This was the start of Goldar becoming a doofus. Yes, yes, which is is sad because he was actually a very he was all he was really he was kind of scary as when I was a kid watching the original show, and mm-hmm. then he turns into a bulk essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't understand why when if you I understand why they might do a redesign because you know you get a chance to upgrade your sets you might as well up to that, update the rest of your fake stuff too but I don't understand why they smoothed out his face because the other one you know his, his old suit yeah, it's not really wrinkles but it looks like an actual muzzle to some degree this looks like they it's, it's plastic it looks yeah. like plastic. Yeah, the real thing look. Yeah, it was still a rubber suit, but it kind of had a more natural animal look to it. This just looks like a plastic mask that happens to be able to animate. Yeah, and they got rid of his scorpion dreads. Yeah, which Mm -hmm. is weird. The whole thing. I mean, that's a change I don't understand. Yeah, I don't either. Well, the the thing is, is that because they made him more Griffin like, I guess is what they were thinking. Since which is the funny. Original monster is based on a griffin. Yeah, which is funny because th- there's some shades of Wizard of Oz in this, particularly when mm-hmm. Ooze sends the Tangas out. Oh yeah, yeah. And Goldar, for all intents and purposes, is a flying monkey. He was in the show, and yeah. they didn't mm-hmm. really take if, advantage of that in this. If you're going to have the flying monkey, why don't why why didn't they send Goldar off with the Tangas? or Tengus, whatever they are, to go attack the Rangers on Phobos, or whatever the name Phaedos. of that planet is. Phobos. Mm. That would have made cool sense. It would actually, you know, given Goldar at least one good, one last good fight before they turned him stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, Goldar doesn't do a whole lot in this other than stand around and make and silly jokes. the straight man to Mordant. Mordant. Good Lord, Mordant. The stupid pig with a monocle. Who's yeah. in here Although to he, replace Squat and Babu from the show? Right. Which I guess it was cheaper to make one suit than two, so they just designed the, an original suit instead of trying to make it work with one or the other. I guess I don't know. It's, it's that, that that decision was weird. Yeah, it is, and it's one of the things that helps to solidify that this is in a different universe than the show. Yeah. And which means this was, you know, kind of my, you know, my big brain thinking here. If we take the scroll up text at the beginning at face value, Mm -hmm. we are looking at basically the six characters who were chosen by Zordon to be Rangers in this universe. We didn't have a power transfer. We might have not had the the Green Ranger, and we had these villains, this Moon Crew, from the start. Yeah, that is the, that seems to be the implication here, which is 
kind of interesting. It's mm. kind of interesting, but then that means if we didn't have the Green Ranger, it actually makes Tommy's character less interesting. It does. But that's actually a criticism that I, uh, my friends over at the Drift Space have talked about, Jack and JR in particular. Mm-hmm. They make the argument that one of the issues with the script in this movie, and again, like I said, this movie starts assuming that the, its audience knows who these characters are, new universe yeah. or not. Unlike in the show, unfortunately, the Rangers don't get as strong a distinctive characterization. They're almost like six people as one character. Like the team is one character. Yeah. yeah. They're they're much more the Stepford teenagers in this than they are in the show. <laughs> wow. The Stepford teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Jimmy, that was a little harsh. I thought I don't know if I would have gone. Why the step for All, teenagers? Because these characters, the way Saban wrote both both of these characters in the show and in the movie is they were like the perfect teenagers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're, oh, God. You know, yeah. like they they they've been well programmed to be like the perfect teenagers. Heck, even Bulk and Skull, even though they're the bullies and meant to be like the bad guys for the Rangers in their normal lives, they're kind of programmed bullies too it's very feels very much like an alien (laughs) an alien alien force somehow recreated what they thought a a human village a human town would was like and that's the simulation they made the thing in that's it's that's kind of why i call it the step for teenagers because these kids are too perfect all the kids Agreed. in this show are too perfect. Uh, well, that's just that's just how things were. But good lord, uh, one of the I things know, that I thought—that's why I, that's what I think every time I see any of these characters. I, I, I to, which I totally understand because when I even if you just watch the movie, you're just like, wait a minute, these are supposed to be high schoolers. No mm-hmm. high schooler's life is this exciting. The movie yeah, starts exactly. with skydiving. Yes, yes, they are doing a skydiving charity event. And then after that, they all go rollerblading, and they're all amazing at rollerblading. Yes. And they're all friends with the same five-year-old child or whatever yeah. old he is. Oh, geez. Eight-year-old? Yeah, eight-year-old kid. Power yeah, Kenny? Fred. He's the Power Kenny in this. And he's, the, he's a better character than Justin later is, but... Oh. <laughs> Ooh. You know, I've heard some fan theories where they're like, why didn't they use Fred as the Blue because Ranger Fred's in not Turbo? Canon. Because Fred's non-canon. Mm. Not in this universe, anyway. Well, when they, they release this universe's version of Turbo, we'll talk. It might be better. I just... <laughs> <laughs> it probably would be better. Yeah, but like I was saying, yeah, they're kind of a single entity, almost. Their characterization is not as distinct as it is in the show. Say what you want about how they are in the show. At least they feel like separate characters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll agree with you there. But you also get more time to know those characters. Right. In this movie, there's so much different from the show. You almost have to take this as a whole new thing, which means you got to get to know all the characters again, and they never give you that time. No, yeah. they uh, they don't. But they throw in all the things that you expect from the show, but they it's got the movie upgrade. You know, the, uh, the command center right. is much less which, minimalist. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Which yeah. makes yes. me wonder if the original plan for this was let's use the movie budget to upgrade everything, 
and th- and this will be our actual transition story from season two to three. And then they realize, oh, everything we're doing is way too expensive for us to do on the actual show. Okay, we'll just redo. We'll just modify the script a little bit, include a Dudley Do Right character from from Cocky Ranger, Ninja. And, then, and then we'll and, and we'll call and we'll call it a day and say this movie is non canon. Yeah, I don't know when they actually said that. I think it was more like they just expected you to figure it out because when you watch yeah. Ninja Quest, which is the proper premiere, as right. you know, as I pointed out to Rito, it covers some of the same story beats but it's really different it is hmm. really different yeah I, I rewatched that season the end of the end of season two this year because it'd been a while and it's like yeah that is really different yeah very especially very after you spent three days hanging out with mass rider for three episodes <sighs> yeah yeah it, the decisions they made in that is just, yes it's just and very less, and the less said about the mass rider show the better uh, uh, probably yeah there are reasons why Toei is very protective of Kamen Rider. Oh, believe me, I've been kicking myself for not buying the copy of uh, Mass Rider we had on sale at Walmart before Toei got the rights back. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of very different from the show, we need to talk about Miss Too Hot for TV. <laughs> Oh, yes. Uh, We talked about (laughs) how the scroll-up text was there for the parents. So was Dulcia. Dulcia is is there for the dads. (laughs) True. Which is a, weirdly enough, is a bit of a tokusatsu tradition. You throw in the the eye candy for the dads who have to take the kids to see the movies. Or the kids kids who are about to go through puberty. Uh, If they hadn't discovered puberty because of Kim, I think they did because of Dulcia. (laughs) Yes. Very true. Yes. Oh, and... And let's face it, we're not too far away from the seasons of Power Rangers where many of the villainesses were just as scantily clad. Well, let's just (laughs) say I've uh, developed a reputation on the power trip for liking black leather and blue wigs. I wasn't going to say anything about astronomer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have stories. She she hung out on the island for a while, electrocuted me once. That was fun. Oh, that had to hurt. Yeah, it it, did. Yeah. Hurt so good. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> and there's no comment. <laughs> Shut up, Jimmy. Anyway, so Dulcia. I'm trying to find the actress's name here. Give me which a, one? Uh, well, the one who's actually in the movie. I was, I'm going to bring up okay. stuff about how they because I remember the other actress's name but I am having a little bit of trouble remembering the actress who is in this. Actually, a couple of people tried to, uh, were almost Dulcia. Gabrielle Fitzpatrick. Gabrielle Fitzpatrick, Mm -hmm. who the director described as a goddess. He's not wrong. No, (laughs) No, he's not. (laughs) She basically shows up wearing an Amazonian battle bikini (laughs) and a staff with very loud stick weapons, which I actually think are pretty cool. I do like those. Yes. But definitely is there for eye candy. Oh, yeah. Now, she she does. This may be the reason why I like cloaks. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That's the only thing she helped you discover? Really? <laughs> Among other things. But I, uh, let's I, just put this way. This might have, uh, rewatching this may have reminded me why I like that. Yes. Oh. The, <laughs> on the power trip, we nicknamed Vipra from Lightspeed Rescue, the mistress of Midriff. I think mm-hmm. Dulcia was the original mistress of Midriff because you can't take <laughs> your eyes off that stomach. <laughs> no, you uh, can't. More like the Baroness of Bikinis. It, it, yeah, that's that's a big reason why. I just, <laughs> yeah. But she does serve a narrative purpose in this. She does. You know, but... It, like I said, she's in amazing shape. She's very tall. She's got the flowing red hair. I mean, mm-hmm. she could have. This woman could have been Wonder Woman before Gal Gadot. Oh Let's yeah, just be yeah, honest. You, know, you just get, so. you dye her hair black, give her a wig or whatever. She's Wonder Woman. <laughs> a part of me though wonders if the reason they chose her costume to be green was a slight reference to the Green Ranger, since maybe they didn't have that color on screen anymore. Maybe, possibly. But contrast. Yeah, but she, uh, her narrative purpose is she is on Thedos. She's a friend of Zordon's. She is Mm -hmm. guarding the quote-unquote great power, which is one of the most nebulous-sounding MacGuffins ever. (laughs) And the most overused on Power Rangers. Mm. Yes. The naming conventions of the original Power Rangers. They've rediscovered the great... Yes, they rediscovered the Great Bower, what, 12 times now? I don't, yeah, something 13? like that. Yeah. 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 But so she's there to help. At least them. this time they don't give it up for cars. Uh, yeah. Well, well, the less said about that, the better. Suck it, Michael. Suck it. <laughs> I will never, that. Michael, we I know don't... you're listening to this. I will never let you forget that on the power trip, you said, because he did, he said he didn't like the the new version of the theme song in this with all the you know the '90s pop rock and everything in it mm-hmm, you know like mm-hmm. Van Halen and all the rest yeah. of them, which I did like the Van Halen song, but he it's a good cover. Yeah, mm-hmm. he completely forgot that they used the same. Honestly, I feel like big cinematic epic version of the theme song from this, and I really like this version. Again, in the Agreed. 2017 movie. He completely forgot about that. In his defense, in that 2017 movie, they play it for a grand total of two seconds. You barely have time to recognize it's the Power Range theme song anyway. Still, so. I remembered that and he didn't. And it was glorious. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Eat it, Michael. <laughs> I had to go. I admittedly, when y'all, I did not, I'd only seen the movie one time since... So, uh, by the time y'all got around to reviewing the, the the movie on the power trip, and I actually had to go back and listen and say, "Oh yeah, that is what that is." They still didn't play enough of it. Yep, agreed. I but. would have taken this version as, in the end credits at least. Yeah, but what? But why would they do that? Yeah, exactly. But anyway, why play into why play into the nostalgia for something you obviously made a movie of because of nostalgia, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Dulcia, she she's there to help the Rangers learn what they need to learn in order to go mm-hmm. and find it you know the next part of their quest yes. because and i which mm-hmm. i will talk about we that was our theme for the movie on the power trip was the hero's journey well i've actually mm-hmm. broken it down i looked up the act i read joseph campbell's book of hero of a thousand face with a thousand faces and i actually broke the movie down in the steps of the hero's journey that he talks about. Mm-hmm. So, which I'll explain, explain a little bit later. And Dulcia is a part of that. 
Dulcia is also the part of the movie that had the most stuff. We were talking about budget cuts and having to tweak oh, yeah. the script mm-hmm. and all that. She's the one who suffered the most with all of that. I can imagine because yeah. that really feels like it could have been the meat of the movie, them going and searching for this new power. Mm-hmm. And it's literally what? 20 minutes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. According to IMDb, she was originally supposed to be the sole survivor of an alien race called the Nathadians. And they that created like the Ninjetti power. Huh? Sounds right. Yeah. And that sounds like the name Saban would give a, an alien right. planet. Right. And they created an the Ninjetti powers and stored them in the temple. And she was part of what was called the order of the Meladin. I hope I said that right. Meladin. I'm not sure. Which were a group of warriors who were imprisoned by Ivan Ooze on Earth. Mm-hmm. And apparently Zordon was also a member of this order. Well, admittedly, Zordon's backstory at that time was very fluid. Yeah, like a lot of things on the show. And she was going to yeah. have a sidekick. Hmm. A little sidekick named Snoggle, a little green anteater creature. Snoggle. Mm. Snoggle. That- mm-hmm. And it, well, spoke, it would have things. spoken in a language only Dul- Dulcia understood. It was going to be the comic relief because this movie needs more comic relief. <laughs> They're no. trying to stave off the per- per- the parental groups that thought this show was too violent. Apparently. And it would have annoyed the Probably. snot out of Kimberly. But they wisely yeah, realized that. that the character didn't really serve a purpose, so they just got rid of it. Didn't need it. Mm. But they were also... It was also back when they had a different actress because... Mariska mm-hmm. Hargitay uh, mm-hmm. for a hot minute was going to be Dulcia. And there are pictures of her on set wearing that costume. Mm-hmm. Marissa Hargitay, who famously is now on which law and order is a special victim. She law and order SVU. SVU. Yeah. So, and, and now there, the reason why they had to recast is really interesting, which I will mention that mm-hmm. here in a, in a moment, but yeah. So she had a whole backstory. She had a sidekick. And, okay, I'll just get into it now. The reason that they re... Because I think originally they were going to have Miss Fitzpatrick do it, but then she had an ovarian cyst. She had cancer. So she Mm -hmm. had to leave. And then they went with Mariska Hargitay. Apparently she just wasn't working out quite enough. So so they're like, we're going to have to get a new actress and reshoot. But then, because Miss Fitzpatrick is a hero in real life... She beat cancer and came back. (laughs) So apparently she is really a goddess because she beat cancer and still came and did this show and looked as amazing as she did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there you go. But funny enough, a future Power Ranger did audition to be Dulcia. Mm -hmm. Really? Catherine Sutherland. Really? Second Pink Ranger. Yeah, that's interesting. Didn't know that. Cat. Mm-hmm. I, sometimes I sit here and I wonder, it's like, what would that have been like if she was Dulcia? Man. <laughs> Honestly, I don't see it, but I'm used to Cat as the Pink Ranger, so. Mm-hmm. It would have been knows? really different, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. A lot of things could have been different, you know, with all of this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But... It, do we want to talk about when Dulcia, since we're on the subject of Dulcia, when she gives all the Rangers her, in a very Galadriel fashion, 
mm-hmm. gives them all, you know, uh, their ninjetti powers like like gifts and and Johnny Young. But this what was a part. I, mean. Yeah, explaining what they all mean. <laughs> and this was a part I had. I confess I did not bring up on the power trip episode, and I regretted it. But Johnny Young Bosch mm-hmm. ad libbing a line here. Yes. Yeah. I thought it was a good cut, good line. It it really added something to his character. Yeah, it did. I because he said that originally the line was supposed to be about the frog is you know about speed and agility, but he decided to yeah. ad lib because he thought this was more mm-hmm. fitting for Adam's character when she comes to him. He's just like, mm-hmm. "I'm a frog," because frogs <laughs> yeah. have more cultural significance in Japan, hence why it's used in the Sentai than they do mm-hmm. in the West. Because of the legend of Jiraiya and things like that. So it's a lot of it's right. lost on an American audience. So it makes sense that he will respond with, I'm a frog. And then she says, yes, like the ones you kiss to get a, uh, to get a handsome prince. And I'm like, you know what? If all I had to do was just pout about being a frog to get a kiss from Belsea, I'd do it every day. Yeah. <laughs> you have a point. You have a point. Yes. <laughs> you had Kimberly in there? Count me in. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> hey, I, I I had a crush on Kimberly Hart. So when you I was and everyone else, our age did not. <laughs> Very true. Hey, hey, I did know a guy who said he had a crush on Trini. I could see that. So she Trini had her fans also. too, because she was also a lovely. Very true. <laughs> yes. Very true. Very true. <laughs> but I, I'm just. I, I'm seriously. Maybe we, maybe, maybe we should try that. You know, like <laughs> that could be a pickup line. I'm a frog. Just to see <laughs> I'm a frog. We should try that someday. <laughs> I don't okay. think that'd go over very well. Hey, Jacob, the new power Jacob, try it with your girlfriend. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> Make sure I can film this. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> See if she gets it. If if she gets it, oh, she will. She, oh, okay. She loves this movie. Then she she does. <laughs> she does. She loved. She loved this film when she was a kid. Be like now she grew up watching. She watched so it she later. Does dude. have some nerd cred. Okay, yeah, dude. Dude, seriously. <laughs> do it, dude. Seriously. Next time you see her, give it a try and see if she gives the appropriate response. <laughs> okay, there we go. And yes, Drew. <laughs> Film this. Oh, I, I need to see. No, I, want works. To, I want you to do it Sunday during Sunday before Sunday school. That's when I want you to do it. Okay. Okay, we'll do that. Because I want to film this. I'll give you a heads up on Sunday. Oh, Jiminy Crickets on a pogo stick. Oh my oh, gosh. That yes. is- <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> yes, Jimmy. I'll be sure to post it on the socials. <laughs> for the podcast. That could be like one of the hype memes for this episode. Look at this. It worked. <laughs> oh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> <Anyways>. <laughs> all right, fellas, now that we've had some fun, there's one part of this movie that we need to talk about. <laughs> oh. All right. The I, I, I Can't Believe That Happened award winner on the power trip. I affectionately call it the crotch kick of doom. 
Oh, <laughs> taking care of business. <laughs> First time I actually saw this movie, like you, Drew, I did not see this in a theater. Mm-hmm. I did not expect to see that. <laughs> no, I was like, wait a minute. We just did that. So I yes, kaiju lovers, this. if you have not seen this movie, it literally ends with the Rangers <laughs> with Zord Me. with you know, with Scorpatron ooze yes. flying into space, <laughs> brawling with each other, kind of awkwardly with mid ninety CGI. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there's a comet coming. They have yes. already Fr- figured Ryan's out that comet. Yeah, they've kind of fi- they've basically figured out Ivan ooze is a. You know, he's you know he's not entirely solid, so he's a little hard to, you know, hurt. So yes, he's a little gooey. He's a little gooey. Did anyone actually sell Ivan's ooze in stores? That seems like a product waiting to happen, especially in the I Nickelodeon think they did. era. Uh, it makes sense they would. Yeah, I don't. I, you would think they would because it can't be that much different in consistency than Nickelodeon's Gak. Yeah, Gak. Yeah, you I just got to make it purple. Yeah. You would Seriously. think, but then I never heard that. I, I'm yeah. not sure when the Nickelodeon Gat came. Yeah, out yeah, and then you had because you had the whole thing with Ivan's ooze, which was his ultimate evil plot which, to enslave the parents that. and then make the parents leap to their doom. And you know, so yeah. we because we need to give the power Kenny a subplot to deal with. Yes, you so could have cut that part the, out of the movie you can and spray everyone down. Yeah, you could have cut that part out of the movie and not lost a thing. <laughs> the only thing Other it was good for. You- was to hear Fred predict that there would be a gold and a silver ranger at the end of the movie. I don't know. You did at least get to see the non-CGI pieces of both Hornator and Scorpatron. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. Get, at, least, at least we get that. See, okay, yeah, they did make some physical versions of these things. Even though they made some props. They replaced you know? them. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, and give them credit. That was a real construction site they were using for that, too. It just nobody oh, was yeah. using Horror. it at yeah. the time. At least it wasn't a mm-hmm. quarry. There are too many quarries in Tokusatsu, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. How is qu- this not? This could be considered a quarry. It's just they were about to fill it with concrete. True. True. Anyway, so all of it's, that's it's going a, on. It's a toku thing. Yeah. All of it, well, and it's just low budget TV and movie thing. Cause not to mention rock, rock quarries are easy to film in. Yes. So anyway, yeah. so we got that going on because we need to give him something to do and justify having a power canny in it. So they're up in space and they're like, well, we need to get him off of us and get him into the comet. So yes, <laughs> Aisha breaks a, you know, a covering on a giant red button because yeah. gi- you need a giant red button and stuff like this that basically says, so like, you know, break in case of emergency. And right. I forget mm-hmm. who asked her, but some, one of the other rangers says, what it's are you Kim. doing? And she says, it's Kimberly. Yeah, it was Kimberly. And she says, take care of business. Hits yes. the button. And, sh- and, and knees. And, and then, yeah, the, the Megazord knees. Yeah. Yeah, knees. <laughs> Ivan, uh, you know, rope, you know, Scorpatron ooze in the junk. And he has I a serious case of man pain and then collides with the comet. And that is the or, end of Ivan yeah. ooze. I'm sorry, but Ivan Ooze is made of ooze. How does he have nerve endings? <laughs> how does he have the proper? Should... How does he have the proper anatomy? <laughs> exactly, he shouldn't have any anatomy. He should be ooze that happens to be formed in the shape of a man. <laughs> 
It's funny. I, I mean, it, I have, I, I understand that, funny. but it begs to, it's like that, it's like that meme of Val Kilmer from Batman Forever, you know, the movie that opened a couple weeks before this yeah. one and killed it at the box it office. This raises too many questions. This raises too many, oh, this gosh. just raises too many questions. And that it's is exactly what, it's just, I, I just, I don't understand. So apparently this entire time, this entire time, Ivan Ooze's kryptonite was his groin. <laughs> oh gosh, yes. Oh my word. Here I have another stupid question, even though this was totally played for comedic effect. Why does that one all that one red button does is cause that knee to move up in that one angle? Yeah. How many times is the Megazord gonna grapple somebody where that's gonna make sense? To have a button you have to break the cover over. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't know, maybe I mean, I guess those ooselets got to come from somewhere, right? I mean, I, that's a thought I didn't need. <laughs> Jimmy is glaring at me so much still. right now. So much. Anyway, <laughs> I guess those Tengu had to also. Yeah, yeah, because, well, mm-hmm. I think they, they were actually his snot, but in the movie, but. Oh, yeah, that was snot. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was snot. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Uzlitz Uzmen, I've seen them referred to by both names, better than a yeah. Tanga. Tengu. I like them better. They were more interesting. The birds. The, the boys. birds. The birds. They're the bed. Yeah, the yeah, bird is not the word <laughs> here. Yeah, not not yeah. this time. But funny, uh, but funny fact that was not the original scripted line. I have talked with Karen Ashley, and she told me that they uh-huh. went through numerous takes with different lines. Would you like right. to know uh-huh. what the original scripted line was? I got it direct from the source. Really? I bet it's not as good, but go right ahead. Go for I it. I don't know. I don't know. She said that they did takes where she would say things like, you know, like uh, she, it was like one take. She said, was it's morphin time and, you know, mm. stuff like that. But no, you know what the original scripted line was? In Balls out. I don't know. I'm still thinking <laughs> taking care of business fits better. But yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Oh my gosh. You'd have to change how go the 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 lines going into that to make that line work. Yeah. It could be done, don't get me wrong. <laughs> right. Kaiju anyway. lovers, I wish you could see how much I broke Jacob right now. <laughs> yeah, we're up to two veins. <laughs> I think he needs a moment. <laughs> he needs a moment. Yeah, I think this is going to be the Nate and Drew show for a for a minute here. <laughs> Nate, give him a minute to breathe. <laughs> I've gotten him up to three veins before, and that was dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was a metric. <laughs> it's been four years. You learn things. <laughs> Yeah, give me chocolate. You'll see another trick. That's not. <laughs> I don't have your medicine. Oh, gosh. <laughs> We've, uh, we talked about that the last time you were on the show. That is true. We did. He gets tickled very easily. I do. <laughs> and it's always the strangest things that get do it. Woof. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, he is part dog. So, hey, <laughs> this dog has feelings too. I never said you didn't. <laughs> anyway, while while oh, he oh, has boy. his episode. <laughs> Come on. Well, we'll move on to my the last thing I want to talk about before we wrap up the show, which, like I said, mm-hmm. on the power trip are because we do thematic discussions on the power trip to right uh, as part of you know it's not the not to end each episode, but it's toward the end of each episode. We have thematic discussions over whichever Power Ranger material that we're looking at, and our theme for the movie when we covered the movie was the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I mean, this movie is fun. I if I'm going to give some closing thoughts on this, you know, just on the movie itself oh, yeah. before mm-hmm. this, the movie is fun. The movie's definitely enjoyable, but it doesn't necessarily have a terrible amount of substance to it. So that's why we latched on to the hero's journey because we were able to mm-hmm. mine something meaningful out of that. This movie is like ice cream. It's fun, but you don't want to eat it all the time. Right. True. Right. Stubber the turbo. Yes. We don't talk about turbo. Yes. <laughs> we don't. Mm. Hate me, Michael. Hate me. You only get you're only nice to it because of nostalgia and corsets. Anyway. Diva Talks does look nice. True. Moving on. So, (laughs) The Hero's Journey was popularized by a guy named Joseph Campbell in a book called A Hero with a Thousand Faces. For those who don't know, this honestly is probably the most influential book of the 20th century on storytelling. Mm -hmm. And it's not even a writing book. It's an anthropology book. I don't know if any of you guys know that. <laughs> yeah, I think I knew that. Yeah, that it's actually an anthropology book. He's just talking I mean, about it. He's but... just talking about how there are a lot of commonalities in how stories have been told, even as far back as the ancient world, across cultures. Mm-hmm. Even cultures that didn't even know about each other were mm-hmm. using a lot of the same, I guess you would say, tropes. Right. And so he wrote this whole book that identified that and really unpacked this. And then people like, oh, a little guy named George Lucas mm-hmm. <laughs> read it yeah. and, yeah. It, you know, might on have the, inspired a little movie based on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he made a little movie based on it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes, Jimmy, another one of your favorites, because it might have led to an important chapter in your life. So anyway. I anyway, yeah. So anyway, I took a took a gander at a hero with a thousand faces, and I found a couple of interesting quotations that I wanted to bring up in connection to this movie. Because yes, welcome to the Monster Island Film Vault, where we talk about Joseph Campbell and Power Rangers. They're Stranger Things. There are. I quoted C.S. Lewis and Tolkien the last time I talked about Power Rangers on this show. So yes, that's the kind of podcast we run around here. So. Mm. Couple of intellectually looking at children's th- that movies. <laughs> yes. So, one that I have here is he wrote, quote, It has always been the prime function of mythology. I want to bring these up before we get to the actual hero's journey. 
It has always been the prime function of mythology and right, R-I-T-E, by the way, to supply the symbols that carry the human spirit forward in counteraction to those constant human fantasies that tend to tie it back, end quote. Mm -hmm. Basically, Mm -hmm. cultures have used mythology to push young people to grow up. So we tell each other these stories about how you have to do all of this so that you can become a fully actualized adult. This is what it means to be an adult, a man or a woman or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Next one. Quote, it is the business of mythology proper and a fairy tale to reveal the specific dangers and techniques of the dark interior way from tragedy to comedy. He had a whole section where he talked about the, you know, the differences between tragedy and comedy and such things. Mm-hmm. And he said that the hero's journey is a cycle that has three main th- these are umbrella terms. He actually outlined 17 stages. But these were the three umbrellas that embodied all of it, the three phases. He said it was separation, initiation, and return. Okay. Hmm. Now, as I run through this, you got you'll if you start thinking about like all of the most popular stories that you could think of, you're gonna see this in all of them. So Campbell defined it this way: quote, a hero ventures forth from the world of common day into a region of supernatural wonder. Fabulous forces are encountered, and a decisive victory is won. The hero comes back from this mysterious adventure with the power to bestow boons on his fellow man. End quote. That's the hero's journey in a nutshell. One more, okay. hmm. one more quotation here. Quote, the effect of the successful adventure of the hero is the unlocking and release, again, of the flow of life into the body of the world. End quote. Basically... The, the, the hero not only learns something, but he brings something back to help his fellow man, to help the rest of the world. I can see how that word is related. Yep. yep. So I did my best because sometimes looking at the, the 17 stages, some of the, I think you can see most, if not all of them in this movie, but some of them go by so fast, you might miss them. Now, I will say, I well, do think... Well, we only so- have an hour and a half to tell yeah. the movie, so... Well, the fun- it's funny that you say that because I do think we see some of these in the TV show. Yeah. For sure. Which I think, again, as goofy as the TV show was at points, I think that's one of the reasons why it continues to resonate because it's using these very classic structures. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. stage one is the call to adventure. So, this is when the hero is living his daily life and is, you know, basically, as, as it says, called to leave that to go into the unknown. Mm-hmm. And I would say in this movie, that is basically you know, the part we were joking about with them skydiving and skating and, you know, and, and yeah. all of that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. That's them doing their the normal everyday things. To us, they're extraordinary because we're like, who did that right. in high school? But that's them <laughs> doing their the normal teenager stuff. And then I would say the actual call when they diverge from that is when Zordon contacts them and sends them to go bury Ivan's giant purple egg chamber and the big mm-hmm. scary tal- three-finger talon hand, which looked really cool, I, I have to say. It's agreed. Literally a call. Yeah. Literally, yeah. Yeah, that's the call to adventure in every yeah. episode of the show. Mm-hmm. That was my notification ringtone for a long time. That is my notification ringtone for Michael. 
Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you have the refusal of the call. So that's why we have the term reluctant hero. So they get the call to adventure, yeah. but something is holding the hero back and he doesn't necessarily want to do that. It could be an obligation, fear, insecurity, mm-hmm. feeling of inadequacy. It could be a lot of things that it's holding them back, but they want to stay in their current circumstances. Now, this is a little hard to identify in this movie. Now, you see it in the show for sure. Yeah. You definitely see it in the show. So you could argue that it may have happened in the backstory, although I will say there is a, at least a slight hesitation that is you know, that it gets cut off because uh, you know, when the Rangers are worried that they won't have enough power to teleport back from Thedos back to Earth, but, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That gets nipped in the bud really fast because they're just that determined to go accomplish their quest. Yeah. And they just hope that when they find the great power, they'll be able to get back. So, again, I would argue it's there, but you don't really see, you don't really get to see it. And then you get the next phase would be the next stage, I should say, would be supernatural aid. This is when the heroes get a mentor to help them along in this journey mm-hmm. into the unknown, and they learn valuable lessons, which there was actually a... Be Dulcia. Yeah, mm-hmm. which in this is Dulcia. And there was actually a 12-minute sequence in the movie that they cut out of the script where she would have trained the rangers to use their mm-hmm. ninjetti powers before bestowing them. I could see that because they weren't really using ninja moves before that point. Right. And then automatically they're using ninja moves after that point right. because that's how Power Rangers works. Yep. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. And it slowed the pace of the story down. Right. And that was most, I, they cut it for budgetary reasons, but I think they also thought, you know, mm-hmm. let's, uh, you know, speed it up a little bit. Brian Spicer's yeah. like, there's a lot of talking, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think this would have benefited from a little bit more talking, but that's me. Agreed. Yeah. And then you, the next stage is the crossing of the first threshold. This is when the hero actually enters the field of adventure, leaves mm-hmm. the known and ventures into the unknown, and everything is dangerous and different. And in this film, I would say that is when the Rangers are teleported to Phaedos, for me personally. You could okay. also say it's when they leave that kind of Stonehenge-looking area with yeah, the, where Dulcia temple is. area the temple area it could be that just you kind of get it twice a little bit yeah so there's that and then there's what he termed what mr campbell termed the belly of the whale named after the story of jonah which not is the fact that that wasn't a whale that was a fish but i understand yeah, that but nuance. you know let's not get technical here <laughs> this is when we, we yeah yeah the, I hang out with theology people. This stuff just comes to, comes to me. I understand. <laughs> I understand. But this represents the separation of what the hero knows and the self. This It's usually the first obstacle that mm-hmm. the hero... Yeah. Well, not necessarily. No, no, it can be a minor danger or setback. So kind of one of the first obstacles that the hero faces. I would say in this movie, probably when the Rangers fight the Tengu on Fados. Or yeah. you could say mm-hmm. it's when they try to fight Ivan Ooze and the Oozlets the first time, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But I think it definitely occurs with the Tengu on Fados. And then you get to the next main phase, which is initiation. And then the first stage in that is called the Road of Trials. So there is a series of tests that the hero must overcome in order to get to his goal. 
Well, mm-hmm. that's pretty easy to identify in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's Literally, the, there's three of them. Yeah, the skeleton dinosaur and the four gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. They're in the way. Thought just crossed my mind. I wonder if it's a skeleton dinosaur because that's what the powers originally were. Ooh, well, there was a. It just crossed my mind. Yeah, oh. There's a well. There is a strange amount of pop culture references, like direct pop culture references in this compared to the show, and they do yeah, make a Jurassic yeah. Park reference, which yeah, Adam yeah. does say, "Welcome to Jurassic Park." Yeah, which is uh-huh, kind of funny, funny because if because yeah. I think the popularity of Jurassic Park is one of the things that catapulted Power Rangers to yeah yeah mega popularity because dinosaurs mm-hmm. were in at the time yeah. And then the next stage, Mr. Campbell called the meeting with the goddess. So this is when the hero gains the items that he needs in order to complete the quest. And this could mean literally meeting a goddess along the way. That's where that's how it was with a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see. know. That could also be Dulcia. It could be Dulcia. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I, I, I could I would also say it could also be when the rangers enter the temple and meet yeah, the sacred yeah. animal spirits. Mm-hmm. True. Now, Which is just the Zord footage scaled down small enough to where it doesn't look bad. Yeah. <laughs> of course. The this Sorry. one this is one of the ones that I admit I'm not entirely sure is actually in this movie. I kind of had to stretch a little bit for this one. Mr. Campbell called it woman as the temptress. It doesn't necessarily have to involve a woman. It's usually, but it has to be something pleasurable, some sort of temptation that holds the hero back. A lot of times Mm. it is a woman, but it's not always a woman. And I kind of, it could be some sort of, you know, uh, it it could be something psychological that's holding. It's it's basically just anything that's holding the hero back at this point, holding him back from accomplishing his goal to come. Does it have to come after all those things or could it happen like, before because i mean you, like, there was the hesitation about whether or not they should go to the planet there before uh right after they found zordon was horribly injured yeah, yeah. It, that, that could be a potential one the point the because, one that i identified as potentially being this stage in the movie it's again happens very fast like everything else i would say it's the the scene we kind of joked about with adam when he says i'm a frog because that's self-doubt yeah the self-doubt yeah. is holding him back. It's just that he gets a kiss from Dulcia and suddenly it's all gone. So, yeah, but he's the only one who expresses any sort of hesitation at that point. All the Let's, rest of them are ready and raring to go because, you know, these are idealized teenagers. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. his Stepford teenager programming broke for a second. Yeah, yeah. it snaps just for a moment. All right. wrong. I still love this show and all everything, but yeah, there is some too much programming. Right, right. In these characters. The next stage is called Atonement with the Father or the Abyss. This is usually when something that is holding the ultimate power over the hero, which is usually a father figure in a lot of stories, mm-hmm. they have to confront it and basically prove that you know they are worthy of having whatever it is that they you know that they're attempting to get and that's not really in here unless you want to count that briefest of moment when whatever the great power is because the temple just opens up and this shrine looking thing comes out and then it opens up and then the animal spirits come out unless you want to count that because whatever the great power is it apparently decided the rangers were worthy because they came all that way and beat the four guardians the guardians are guarding something 
mm-hmm. and they win, and then so the whatever the great it's it's like the force in Star Wars. It's very nebulous. Yeah. So whatever it is, decided they could have their powers. Mm-hmm. It's a stretch, but you know it's the best I could do at this mm. point. <laughs> so like you said, a lot of this is going by so fast that they're only basically hinting at some of these. Yeah. Right. 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 And then here's a big here's a big theological theological sounding word for you apotheosis. That's the next stage. Yep, that's Latin. Yep, very Latin. That's a big crazy word. They, apotheosis means to become a god, essentially. Mm-hmm. This is the point well, where that's when they get their powers back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to say that this is when the hero achieves what he's doing. He you know he has a great epiphany a realization and you know he gets what he's been looking for and this is yeah the rangers get their powers back and then the next one is called the ultimate boon b-o-o-n this is the hero has accomplished his quest Mm -hmm. he got what he set out to do i would say this is when they get the ninja swords apotheosis is getting their powers back the boon is the ninja swords because that's what they need to beat ooze Yep, makes sense to me. Yep. Right. The next phase is the return, and the first stage is the refusal of the return. The idea with this one is that the hero has gone and accomplished what he wanted, but he doesn't necessarily want to go back because maybe he's happier there than he was back at home. This doesn't really happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this doesn't really happen in the movie because as soon as they get their powers back, they just teleport back. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. is probably the one that doesn't really happen. It would have been interesting if they did that. You know, maybe they're like, maybe we would just rather stay on Phaedos. It's nicer here. We have, you know, maybe. have you looked at Dulcia? Do we really want Dulcia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's an I mean, owl right now because she's this wise yeah. old warrior sage because, yes. you know. <laughs> she somehow turned- being an animal keeps you from aging fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently. you step off the mountain. They invent rules on the fly, I think. (laughs) It's Power Rangers. Of course they do. Yep. Yeah. And then the next stage is called the Magic Flight, which is when it's basically the return journey to where the the hero came from. Mm -hmm. That's when the Rangers teleport back. Mm. That's pretty... Again, it happens really fast and you're just done. This stage could be what's called Rescue from Without, which... Is like the magic flight, but someone, but an outside force has to come in and get the hero. You know, pluck them out of wherever they they are, and then take them back. Doesn't really happen because you know, see above, mm. <laughs> they teleport away and they're done. Well, I mean, it kind of would depend on where exactly the teleport beam is originating from. Right? Like, but if it had been Zordon and Alpha, focused on. Yeah, if it had been mm. Zordon and Alpha, then we, we could have had that stage. Yeah. It's, it's like you said earlier, it's nebulous. Yeah. And then you, the next stage is called crossing of the return threshold. So we talked about crossing the first threshold. Mm-hmm. Campbell, the way Campbell described it was, quote, the returning hero to complete his adventure must survive the impact of the world, end quote. So basically going back, actually arriving at where, th- where he came from and the, and maybe things aren't quite how they used to be, you know. That you see that in Lord of the Rings if you read the novel with the scouring of the yeah. Shire, mm-hmm. and then here again, blink and you miss it. But I would say we get that in this film 
when the Rangers come back to Angel Grove and they see that it got trashed while they were gone. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, man, look what happened. It shouldn't really surprise them. They should have known that they were going to come back into a war zone of sorts. Yeah. But anyway. Right. And then the next phase, it's the penultimate phase, is called Master of the Two Worlds, which sounds like the title of a movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So this is when the hero, after all of this, achieves a balance between the material and the spiritual. And he's become comfortable and competent with both of them. And I would say that's when the Rangers win. They defeat, yeah. uh, they accomplish all the things that they said that they were going to do. They defeat ooze. They resurrect Zordon and they restore the command center because do sex Morphica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just hold hands and pray really hard. Like they're at yeah. church camp and suddenly <laughs> Zordon's not dead and everything got fixed. <laughs> You half expect them to be going, Bahu Dores, Bahu Dores, welcome Zordon, come this way. I'm totally memeing that. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed it. And then the final stage is freedom to live. This is when, for the hero, all of his mastery of everything has freed him from the fear of death. And by doing so, he is able to live a full life. He can be in the moment. And I think that's our final scene in this movie. When they mm-hmm. the Rangers are hanging out at the restaurant, having dinner, listening to Bulk and Skull try to take credit for everything because that's what they like, do. They have, uh-huh. they Even have, though Bulk and Skull were barely in this movie. True. Yes. They have a little encouraging talk with Power Kenny. And then they watch the celebratory fireworks that thank them for saving the city. And mm-hmm. everyone lived happily ever after for five Until minutes. Until the machine empire invaded. Yes. Uh-huh. That's a meme too, what isn't assumes, it? And then the machine assumes, empire invaded. Oh, yeah, no, and then the machine empire happens. attacked. That's what it was. Yeah. All that changed when the machine empire attacked. <laughs> uh, so what do you guys think? Am I, am I totally off with this? No, no. I no. can actually follow a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you blink and you miss it. The broad strokes, I think, are definitely there, which is what Michael and I talked about. Because you know, the really broad strokes of this, of you know, going off, going on a journey, finding what you need in order to accomplish your goal and coming back and accomplishing that goal, that is, you know, that's the hero's journey in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. And we yes. talked about in the episode about how this is mirrored in real life. And we all go through stages like that. That's why the hero's journey resonates as much as it does. And it has resonated for thousands of years. As long as there have been stories, this has existed. Makes sense to me. It does. All right. Well, with that is academically studied. So this is all layman (laughs) to me. So (laughs) I'm I'm trying, I hope I'm not one of your boring professors from school. I mean, (laughs) no, no, You're talking to someone who's used to making pretty pictures, so I think differently than mm-hmm. than the English people. <laughs> Same. All righty then. All righty. That talk went a little longer than I was expecting, but it's the three of us, right? <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. All that really matters is that we entertained all the folks here on the island. 
I think that's what we've been thinking the entire past month on our show. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, gentlemen, this is a Patreon sponsored episode, so we do now have to do those Patreon shout outs. Go show Travis Alexander, Danny Domena, Eli Harris, Chris Cook, Backstrom redeemed Otaku, Damon Noise, The, the Sunkast, <laughs> Eric Anderson, Ted Williams, Winja the Ninja. And our newest patron, Brad Batman Edelman! Tofu Fury! Is it morphing time? I do think it is morphing time. I think I'm all morphed out. You're all morphed out. It seems like the be- sounds like the beginning of some of these later Power Rangers seasons theme songs. <laughs> Power Rangers, Tofu Fury. They're all a bunch Fury. of chefs. <laughs> <laughs> Why isn't there a cooking theme Sentai? That sounds like it's waiting to happen. I, I don't know. It's actually one of the stranger things I haven't seen yet. <laughs> there's there's an entire anime, de- a shonen style anime dedicated to cooking yeah. we need a super sentai i've seen i've seen toriko i know what you're talking about uh, i was thinking food wars but okay <laughs> oh gosh yeah we might not want to talk about food wars <laughs> yeah oh gosh what i've seen of food wars <laughs> yeah. anyway yeah, yeah. so we got uh, gonna got a couple of uh, cool episodes coming up for all of you. So our next episode, we're getting back to Amerikaiju and more Power Ranger talk. Because funny enough, I'm going to be talking about this on this podcast and on the Power Trip around the same time. It's kind of hilarious. I did not plan for that. It just happened. <laughs> We'll be joined by Chris Cook, host of One Cross Radio and a couple of other shows that he'll be telling us about. I know he's getting ready to launch a new one about pro wrestling. And the other thing that's going to be nuts is that this is going to be his first mainline episode. He's been a longtime listener, but this is the he's been on the show before, but this is his first mainline episode. He was on a bonus episode before, and I've been on several hmm. episodes of One Cross Radio talking about mostly unmade kaiju films. But we will be talking about... Power Rangers 2017. Their attempt at making a reboot of this franchise. Unfortunately, they took too much inspiration from Fant4Stick. We don't talk about Fant4Stick. There's a lot of things we don't talk about anymore. (laughs) I'm going to make the argument, though, better than Fant4Stick. But most things are better than Fant4Stick. I just I didn't say it was better. It was worse. It's just it took a lot of inspiration from it. Yeah. Mm. He has opinions mm. too, so it'll be interesting to say the least. And then we get back I will to God. Yep. And then we get back to Godzilla Redux with Ebera Horror of the Deep, aka Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. 
I actually liked that one. I do too. And I'm hoping, still trying to make arrangements, right, Jimmy? <laughs> Excuses. We'll be having my friends Joe and Joy Metter, and I think I'm going to play a little bit of the Year of Gamera game with this one because this is one of two Godzilla films that were featured on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Mm-hmm. So I think I will have them watch the MST3K version because, yes, we have it in the vault. That was a hard one to get, but we have it because Toho's nutty. Godzilla is their favorite son, and they're not going to let him do anything, apparently. (laughs) Like, be on MSD3K. But Mm -hmm. I'm also happy to report that since this broadcast, I have made arrangements to have Brendan Morley from Autistic Lizard Productions, a YouTube show, on for that episode because this is his favorite Godzilla film. And now back to the show. We'll see, and so that should be a really fun episode when we get to that. And now, gentlemen, we come to one of the most important segments of the show, shameless self-promotion. As I've already mentioned really quick, yeah, we've talked about the power trip. Go listen to the power trip. If you liked what we talked about here, you'll get plenty of enjoyment out of the power trip, a journey through the Power Rangers franchise. And also check out my other podcast on Henshin Heroes called Henshin Men where we are primarily going through the original common Rider. So I'm done. Lay it on us, fellas. All right, guys, you can find myself, Jacob Heron, on social media at Jacob's Daily Art Corner on Facebook, where I try to draw every day. I try to draw every day. I don't get to it every day, but we try every day. Uh, you can find me on me. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron and Twitter at Jacob B. Heron. You can also find me on Facebook uh, and look at for my Truce Photo Bin where I do. You can see some of my photography. Plus, we do have a podcast called The Cellcast. Mm-hmm. As of this recording, we just got done with Bad Movie, movie Month. Oi, those are four interesting. This was episodes. a breath of fresh air, wasn't it? Oh, you have no idea. Even Oy. with all of its faults, it's still better than the Emoji Movie. The Emoji Movie was probably the best of the four we did. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we, we don't also talk about Leo anymore. Oh. Titanic, The Legend Goes, goes on. on. Oh, no. And quite possibly the worst movie uh, we have. Actually, I know it's the worst movie we've seen because I know how we did our, how our final rating came out. Yeah. Leo the Lion. Uh, that's a pot that I would call that movie hot steaming garbage, except that would be an insult to hot steaming garbage. I've yeah. never even heard of that one. It was, I put it this way. Netflix it was a Netflix. It was released on Netflix mm-hmm. as like a Netflix original, even though it was only like an English dub back in 2013. Netflix got rid of that thing in a hurry. Mm-hmm. How did you it, see it? Yeah. It's also on Amazon for mm. free on their freebie service. Oy. Mm-hmm. The commercial breaks for my favorite parts. <laughs> but anyway, by the time you get to this, we'll probably be finishing up Halloween month, I'm assuming, or we'll be getting near it because we are doing some, ha- some spooky movies in October. Ooh. And then in November, we're hitting up, we're doing some more Studio Ghibli. So if you like Studio Ghibli, come hang out for those four episodes. And uh, if you don't that, love Studio Ghibli, I'm sorry. You don't have a heart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> but yeah, this is actually going to be a good Studio Ghibli because we got three movies we know are good. Mm. 
Mm. And then there's Tales from Earthsea. But <laughs> I've heard things. I don't know how good it is or how bad, but the f- fact that the others are spirited away, the cat returns, and Howl's Moving Castle show that's going to be a good month. I was going to say, yes. it's gonna if you got Miyazaki, you're fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got two Miyazakis. Mm. And then the cat returns, which is like Doctor Who, but with a cat. <laughs> But anyway, also on that same RSS feed, I am going through Kingdom Hearts a couple chapters at a time. I'm still on the first game chronologically, which is a cell phone gotcha game, which is taking its good sweet time getting anywhere. But I think I'm finally getting into decent story there. But yeah, that's pretty much what we're doing there. And minus, don't forget, we also do TAS, which is the animated series. That, that is a part of our, our normal show. Yes, we yes. are about to start Star, Star Trek Lower Decks season two and three. And we just finished. And then an after ama- that, X Men. Yeah, and we just finished an amazing series called Tangled the Series or Rapunzel Single Adventure. Go yeah. watch it. Amazing series. That show is better than you think it'd be if you've only just seen the movie yeah and the movie's good so Mm -hmm. i was secretly hoping for ava but okay (laughs) (laughs) you didn't vote sir i know i know but i was hoping ava would win (laughs) ava 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 will come up eventually yeah it will go up on the next poll after we finish with x-men in a year yeah yeah x-men's gonna take us it's X- going to take us a year to get through X-Men, the animated series. Yeah, yeah. And and then, but X- and X-Men then, is great. By the way, if you ever want a guest for Ava, give me a call. Anyway. <laughs> sure thing. Dude, you have a standing invitation to come back. You just got to tell us what movie you want to do. I'm still waiting for Tron Legacy. Tell me when you're available <laughs> after the beginning of the year. <laughs> We'll talk after the show before I uh, uh, very quickly, because I got to as media master, I got to go cover the big Tommy Oliver meet and greet. Ah, (laughs) You guys want to come to that? that. Yeah. In fact, uh, to quote Ivan news, I got to go find my autograph book. (laughs) Where's my autograph book? book. (laughs) Is that all the, uh, the plugs you got gentlemen? Pretty much. Yeah. All right. Well. Oh, wait. I do I do actually have one more. I'm oh, so snap. I almost forgot that I am actually part of an audio drama that just started up. Oh, yeah. Recently called Gospel by Gaslight. Oh. Uh, you can go check that out. At, I, I, I'll get, I don't remember the exact web address, but just Google that. You should find it. Mm. I'll, I'll get the, uh, the, the address to Nathan so you can put it in the show notes. Oh, that would be great. I need to start listening to that. I'm really, I've been hearing you and a couple of other podcasts that I follow uh, talking about it a lot. So I'm like, you know what? I should mm-hmm. probably listen. I've read the first three scripts. It's good. Mm-hmm. I only listened to one episode because that's all that's out so far. But. <laughs> yeah, well, I should also. And I'm not in that one, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, along same uh, similar lines, I should also mention that I'm also a cast member on Power Rangers, the audio drama. So go give that a listen, too. <laughs> I do a lot of things. <laughs> I got side yeah, hustles gospel, coming out gospel the Gospel by Gaslight is literally a story about a guy named Patrick Maloney who ends up in this little town ta- in this town that is filled with vampires and other stuff, and he's literally bringing the gospel by Gaslight. So it's kind of a very Cthulhu steampunk esque kind of story. Hmm. Sounds a lot more interesting than I thought it would be. All right. <laughs> Is, do we get everything? Do we get everything? I, I yeah, think that's, that's everything. everything okay, we got everything. So, Jimmy, we got a lot to get done after uh, after this. So, 
Cue the credits. Thank you for listening to the Monster Island Film Vault, a podcast produced and hosted by Nate Marchand. If you want to join the discussion and be heard on the show, we'd love to hear from you. So email us at feedback at monsterislandfilmvault.com. Our website is monsterislandfilmvault.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Monster Island Film Vault and on Twitter, where our handle is at TheMonsterIsla1. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, and TikTok. Follow Jimmy from NASA on Twitter at NASA Jimmy and our many other colorful characters using the links in the show notes. The podcast logo was created by Tyler Souls from TylerDrawsComics.com. Our theme song is Wanderer on the Offensive, live edit by B33J, Serax, Juan Madrono, and Nonsensical Lexus, which is a remix of Counterattack, Battle with the Colossus, and The Opened Way, Battle with the Colossus, by Koatani from the video game Shadow of the Colossus. All film and audio clips belong to their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or Podchaser to spread the word about the show. You can also support us by joining MIFV Max on Patreon. The Monster Island Film Vault is a Moonlighting Ninjas media production. Sayonara! Are we recording, Jimmy? Okay. Mm-mm-mm. Hello, Monster Island. Media Master Nate Marchand here at the Monsterland Resort behind the Fukuda Ballroom, where the legendary Tommy Oliver is about to hold his meet and greet. A sizable crowd has already lined up to spend a moment with the world's most popular Power Ranger. This marks the first time Mr. Oliver has made a public appearance since retiring from his nearly three-decade tenure as a superhero. Ah, there's the man of the hour now. Mr. Oliver, may I speak with you before you mingle with your adoring public? Uh, Only if it's off the record. Sure thing, man. Stop recording, Jimmy. What's the matter? You look a bit haggard. We had a long trip here. I hardly slept last night. You didn't use the Dragon Zord or Falcon Zord? I don't use those for personal gain. Especially now. Old habits. Hasn't stopped a few of my friends from hitching rights to the island in the Dragon Zord. Hey, he needs something to do besides sleep at the bottom of Angel Grove Harbor. Sure. Ah, I see you still have your Master Morpher on your belt. Have you gotten it fixed? No, but I did show it to your friend Jimmy there when I arrived. He thinks he repaired it well enough to do one more morph. That's cool. Will your wife and son be joining you for the meet and greet? Cat and JJ? Uh, No, they'd rather go sightsee on the island. I don't blame them. As a great man once said of Tahiti... It's a magical place. Honestly, I'd rather be with them and skip this whole thing. Why? When I became a ranger, I was just a kid. And it wasn't even by my choice. I did terrible things. Hurt a lot of people. My teammates forgave me. But it took a while for that to sink in. I kept being a ranger at first because I wanted to make amends. But then, honestly... I stayed for the thrill of it. That's when Zordon knew I needed to quit. And yet you kept coming back even after becoming a high school teacher. Because the younger rangers needed my experience. Besides, I was still chasing that adrenaline rush even then. Then why the hesitancy now? 
with age comes wisdom. Not to mention a career-ending injury during a fight with a monster. At my best and worst, I never did what I did to get famous. I'm not one for the limelight. All this attention is overwhelming. I serve the world as a superhero. Now, I just want to quietly serve my family and students. Zordon was right about secret identities, wasn't he? That's for sure. Look, Tommy, I come from a military family, so I get it. Most everyone out there, though, they want to tell you how grateful they are for your service as a ranger. You saved them. You inspired them. That's desperately needed in the world. We have a serious shortage of real heroes nowadays. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what Kat said, too. Well, you should definitely listen to her and not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Okay. It's morphin' time! Now that's the Tommy we know and love. Hello, Monster Island. This is Nate March, and coming to you live once again from the Monsterland Resort, where Tommy Oliver has spent the last hour meeting fans and admirers. A few notable attendees included Drew and Jacob from the Cellcast, who joined me this morning on MIFV to discuss MMPR the movie, and my co-host on the power trip, Michael Hamilton, who held up the line with his fanboying. Jeez, man, how many photos do you need? Ha <laughs> ha! But as quickly as Mr. Oliver has gotten through the never-ending river of people flowing into the Fukuda Ballroom, it doesn't seem to end. Let's get a little closer, shall we? For those listening to the audio version, Mr. Oliver is now talking with a blonde-haired middle-aged man wearing a gray suit and a Stetson fedora. Huh. The man just put a jar of purple goo on the table in front of Mr. Oliver. Hello, Tommy. Would you sign this for me? Um, well, that is a bit weird. I'm not Jason David Frank. I do miss that guy, though. Oh, silly me. Where's my autograph book? Oh, no. Tommy stands on his chair so he can be seen by the whole crowd. Everyone, I'm sorry, but I have to cut this meet and greet short. Something has come up. I promise, I'll make it up to you. Oh. Tommy boy, let me help you. The man snatches the jar of purple goo and smashes it against the ground. <gasps> Whatever was in that jar just formed into ooze men. They're chasing the crowd out of the ballroom and slamming the doors. That means... <laughs> oh, how I've missed this. The man transforms into a horned, violet-skinned being wearing a long purple robe with a huge collar. Allow me to reintroduce myself in case you forgot, Tommy Boy. I am the galactically feared, globally reviled, and universally despised. They call me Ivan Ooze. Tommy snaps to a karate stance. <gasps> oh, I remember Ooze. And just like last time... I'm sending you and your walking boogers back to the hole you came from. Oh, you wound me, warrior poet. Sick em, kids. Back to action. Tommy pulls out his Master Morpher and transforms into the Green Ranger. Jimmy, you did it. Of course you did it. Tommy kicks a couple of oozmen as they climb onto the table and launches another with a hard punch off the table. They splatter as they hit the floor. His hands and feet are covered with goo. He, ah! 
Tommy jumped from the table and squished an Usman who was attacking me. You okay? Yeah. Tommy demorphs! Jimmy, keep filming. We managed to get away, but several Usman grabbed Tommy and restrained him. Ivan Ooze walks up to him. My, my, Tommy boy, you've certainly gotten old. Yeah? Well, you're supposed to be dead. Ah, yes. You and your team, how did you say it? Took care of business by groin kicking me into Ryan's Comet. It was a surprisingly painful design flaw in Scorpatron. I don't know how I missed it before merging with it. We saw you explode. No, I was only mostly vaporized. A small piece of my gorgeously gooey body broke off and narrowly escaped the comet after you busted my balls. Unlike you meatbag humans, my mind is contained in every cell of my body. I spent years floating around in the vacuum of space. Which, in case you didn't know, is absolutely boring. Even I got a little sick of myself after a while, but then I literally bumped into a radio station that had been shot into space about a year ago. Are you freaking kidding me? I held on for dear life, but re-entering the atmosphere is hotter than hell. I should know. I visited, and let me tell you, left me a little dry. But the worst indignity. Even more than the crotch kick of doom? <laughs> Ivan who's just bought a purple slime over Tommy's mouth. Silence is golden, but that's a color you never wore. <laughs> As I was saying, the worst indignity was when somebody scraped me off the side of the building, dumped me in a bucket, and said I was... The Blob. Gah! I hate it when I'm confused for my cousin. So that's what, or rather who, winter sub for the Blob over the summer. I was poked and prodded for weeks, and all not in ways I like. Then I was dumped in the sewer. Can you believe it? The great Ivan Ooze flushed down the toilet. Oh, the things I saw down there. Rancid. Disgusting. Wonderful. Let me tell you, Tommy boy, this island's garbage gave me the perfect ingredients to fully regenerate myself. And when I heard you'd be visiting, I figured, Ah, what the hell? Might as well get some good old-fashioned revenge on one of the... <laughs> Teenagers who killed me. But I won't stop with you. Oh no, those other kids are still around, and don't you have a wife and son on this island? I'm sorry, what's that? Tiger got your tongue? Whose <laughs> hand turns into undulating slime? Let's give you a nice death mask, Tommy boy. Without Daddy Zordon alive to save you, 
Taking this world for my own will be as easy as plucking feathers from a tengu. <laughs> What just happened? Something sliced through the air and decapitated several Oozmen. Someone kicked open the door, which squished the Oozmen guarding it. It's... Mido Ranger at your service! Ha-ha! <laughs> it's... It's the original Green Ranger from the first Sentai team! He's posing dramatically, holding a boomerang covered in purple slime. His uniform is forest green, with red chevrons on the chest, a short cape on his back, and a V-shaped visor and number five on his helmet. The gaudy green Go-Ranger? Aren't you a bit out of practice? Fighting evil is like riding a bike for me. Cool. Kill him. The Oozman charge at Ray, I mean, Mito Ranger. Get him, Wombat. Mito Ranger steps back to reveal a guy dressed in a Wombat costume and holding a Wiffle Bat. His face is visible in the mouth and he's wearing a domino mask. Raymond, what are you- Mito Ranger shoves Wambat at the Oozmen. He flails wildly at them, and he actually seems to be damaging the gooey goons. Mito Ranger strolls through the fracas, dodging a few stray attacks. If you want a ranger dead, do it yourself! Ooh shoots purple lightning from his fingers, but Mito Ranger blocks it with his boomerang? Now's a goo time to surrender, evildoer. Oy vey. Bad jokes are my department, avocado man. Who shoots more lightning at Mito Ranger, who somehow dodges each attack like a spandex-clad ballerina. He blocks a blast with his boomerang and impales it into the floor, and shoves a piece of paper in Ooze's face. I'm giving you a subpoena. A subpoena? This is supposed to be a family show. It is, and I'm kicking you in the subpoena. Ah, my one weakness! The bureaucracy! The bureaucracy! Mito Ranger walks away after that groin kick from out of nowhere as Ooze falls over and explodes. Hot dang. Finally, someone shut him up! Now he's cutting the goo from Tommy's mouth. <sighs> I better get an interview with the remarkably unscathed Mito Ranger and his slime-covered sidekick. Hello there, Mr. Uh, Mito Ranger. Greeting, citizen. That was... That was quite something you did there. All in a day's work for Mito Ranger. You're just not cool, Raymond. I don't know who this Raymond is, but I'm sure he's a swell guy. Oh, boy. When I saw that fiendish fiend Ivan Ooze crash Mr. Oliver's party, I knew this was a job for the original Green Ranger. I see. And how does Mr. Oliver feel about your intervention? Oh, I'm grateful for the help. The Super Sentai have always been close friends of the Power Rangers. I just wish I could have handled it better. No worries, Mr. Oliver. I was just saving you the trouble of squishing Grapeface back there. And you did an amazing job. It's great to see someone still being a ranger at your age. 
Does this mean you're coming out of retirement? <laughs> My busted master morpher says no, unfortunately. I need to take this. Hello? Well, thank you, Mito Ranger. You and Tommy. And Wambat. And Wambat saved a lot of lives. No thanks needed, citizen. It's just what heroes do. Ah, oh, good grief. Quick, Wambat old chum, to the Mito Cave. For the last time, Raymond, we're not renaming the office. And cut. Good Godzilla, you guys are crazy. Uh, he is. I'm not. Oh, and by the way, here's some indemnity forms on you and Mr. Oliver to sign that waives our responsibility for any damages we cause. Also, you'll be getting my dry cleaning bill. The heck, Gary? Hey, you can afford it now with your medium master salary. I gotta catch up with Raymond before he rescues a kitten from a monster of the week. Bye. <sighs> Just what the island needs. More quirky superheroes. Oi. Hey, Nate. What was that all about? Oh, nothing. Hey, what's that box on your table there? Not sure. It was there when I arrived. It says it's from Mr. Gold. Ah, he's one of the overlords around here. <laughs> uh, the note says, This came into my possession some months back. While I fancy myself a collector, this belongs to you for obvious reasons. Hmm. Open it. It's a face. And it looks kind of familiar. There's a good reason for that, you great big goofs! It once again houses the Great Ninja! What the henshin?! Oh! This is the vase Rita and Zed trapped you in years ago. Precisely! And someone captured me in it again while I was meditating at the Temple of Power! That jerk, oh, he makes me so angry! I'll take you to Hexagon and have them get you out. Well, that sure is a relief. Much appreciated, Tommy. Who's Hexagon? I'd tell you, but then I'd have to... Let me guess. Destroy me? <laughs> you understand. <laughs> I do. Just goes to show. You can't keep an old ranger down. <laughs>